Oh my goodness. Good job hitting the right button. I've been practicing, Fire Guy Ryan. Ryan started the fire! It's your boy Jim Mintz. No, no, see, I hovered over Jim Mintz, but I have been practicing my soundboard. Comic fam, it's the Bags and Boards podcast. We're back. 57, you know what? I stopped keeping track of numbers. It's like one of the last things that I forgot to do. You know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into this show. Lots of different things. But one in particular is figuring out what podcast number that we're on. So I'm going to stall and figure it out because I think it's importante. It's podcast number 50. Holy smokes. It's an anniversary special. Can you believe it? And we totally made a special show it's acknowledging the history of our entire channel. We're going to go through video by video today. Every single top 10 list. Comment, yeah. We're going to go all the way back through time. All the, all the trending videos, all the hot 10s. We're going to do commentary on them. Buckle up. It's going to be buckle a fun ride. Up. We're going to be here for like three days. Three days straight. You know, we do have thousand, over a thousand videos. Comic fam, we are back at the mic to chat about comic books, funny books, reading comic books. A little bit of spec books on this podcast. If you would like to listen to us on the audio-only platforms, you can find this upwards of a week later on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. That is correct, Amundo. We really you enjoy that exploding sound effect in your ears or your car. I think that they like it, Ryan. They're probably here just for the sound effects. I know I would be. Let's just push the buttons for like an hour. Uh, no, no, no. The thing is with the the thing is, Ryan. The sound effects are something that give an enhancement to the show. They do. People it adds say a, that. People it, are saying that they're great. I've heard it on the streets. Right. People talking. You've overheard it. People weren't even telling it to you. They were no, no, no. I'm walking by and I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, I love it when you do the soundboard effect. I love it on the comic. On the the does it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but we want to thank everybody who's here in the chat. We do giveaways on this show. But the only way that you can get this giveaway that we do on our live show is to be present in the chat. And sometimes, you know, we try to shoot to have this show air around 12, 1 o'clock. Yeah. It's 2 in the afternoon. It took a while to prep this one. I think they're in for a fun show, though. Yeah, there was a whole, like, song that we decided to scrap. You know, we wasted a little bit of time. I brought out my acoustic guitar. Right. I'm like, Ryan, let's harmonize. I have my accordion. Ah, ah. See, there we go. We, we can do it. So, comic fam, hit the subscribe button. And we ask not very much of you today. Hit the like button. That, I think it's very important that we ask you that because it helps keep all of us alive. I have Concred. Well, not anymore. I'm better now. But Monday and Tuesday, it was rough. But I'm back. Is that after we went to the bar? Yes. Is that what it's called, Concred? <laughs> you know what? I think that at conventions, I cannot drink because it kills my immune system. Yeah. And then you get Concred. That's right. So it's not a hangover. It's Concred. No, no, no. It's... Are your ears on the hat supposed to be up? You know, is this what you did intentionally because I, feel I like did it intentionally. I like that it's giving me some width on my head. Audio fam, I'm wearing my fun hat. It reminds me of Slav. I miss him. He's in Vegas, and I put the headphones over the hat. Some members, the haters, say that I wear weird hats. It makes me want to wear more hats. Comic fam, we have a fun show planned. We've read some books, and hot damn, was it a damn good week? So many amazing comic books. We're going to bring them to the mic. We're going to talk to you about them. We also have a fun little bit that I prepared that Ryan has no idea 
what to expect. So stay tuned. He made me scroll past it when we were doing our little prep That's out there right. in the other room. So. We like to, you know, get ready for the show. It takes the us, raw reaction. I want it raw, Ryan. I want it That's as authentic. That's what I always say. Ryan says that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, but it's okay. I'll, I'll keep it going. Not so weird. we also have a fun section of the show where we talk about comic books that you can get at a deal, some keys and some things you can add to your, your hunt list. So stay tuned for that. And of course, we have some news nuggets to discuss. News nuggets. Nuggets. I have news. Okay, let's uh, jump right into it. So I was hit up by a guy. Some people say I have some good hair in the community. And I appreciate that. I really do. But here's the thing. There's someone who has better hair in the community. The dude's name is Gary, also known as Very Gary. And Very Gary hit me up and he's like, yo, Tom, I have a question for you. I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers, I'm crossing my toes, I'm crossing my curly hair, that you will do a video. If I shout you out, he was being really nice about it. He's like, yo, I'm going to shout you out on a video. Giving you a heads up that he's going to shout you out, not just hitting you cold with it. Exactly. He didn't hit me cold. Put you on blast, as, as they say. Because he's freaking cool, dude. That's how he does. And what he did was very nice. He gave me a shout out on his channel. And if you don't follow Very Gary, you should. He does awesome unboxings. He does market analysis. He does a bunch of fun commentary. In the chat, I want to hear your guys's. Um, thoughts about Gary and if you follow him because we all do he's an awesome member of our community now he shouted me out and he also shouted out a guy that goes by the name Jem Mint it's your boy Jem Mint and he said yo we're gonna do the top 10 MCU picks as we close out December what are your favorite MCU movies okay films only is that that, that films only yeah we're not talking Disney plus maybe next year we can rank the Disney plus shows because we'll have sure. more than four to talk about five to talk about whatever. I was going to throw Netflix in there personally, but oh, it doesn't count. Any... doesn't count. Okay. So Good what we're going to do here today is we are going to go over my top 10 MCU films. And I think it's about to get eerie because I tend to have a very None of them are Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. I'm taking this a different direction. <laughs> Um, they're all independent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's my top 10. No. Number um, one is The Witch. Um, <laughs> number one. The Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. No. Um, so we're going to go into my top favorite um, MCU movies, but Ryan doesn't know them. And before we get into that, I, I do know the know- movies. That's right. I, have, I don't know the, what ranking you have. I'm pretty sure I've, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, and I haven't seen Eternals yet. Other than that, I'm good. Okay, well, no worries, because neither of those ranked on my list. So Ryan is primed, and I told him I want his raw reaction. Although I'm seeing... You're seeing one right now. A thumbnail here. Don't show any... Don't look at the other ones that are on here. I'm going to make them really small so you can see them. It's so tiny. Okay, so what we're going to do here is I'm going to show on the screen... I think I'm going to be mad. I know. That's what I'm trying to do. I see. I think Uh. the community is going to get upset with me, because here's the thing. I think I have good comic taste. As do you. But the thing is, I have a very low bar for enjoyment of comics. There's typically always a redeeming factor. Right. I can, it's like, I'm, as long as I don't like hate it, you know, I think I'm going to, it's like horror movies for me. And we've talked about this on the show many times. So the subscribe button. So MCU movies, superhero movies in general, if they're dark, if they're mature, if they're violent, if they're more on the horror vibe, those are always going to be my top tier. Here's the thing. MCU movies aren't like that. Maybe Multiverse of Madness, they may dabble in some dark stuff. I don't think it's going to happen. However, the MCU movies, by and large for me, are my favorite if they have rewatchability. Sure. Okay? Okay. 
I like superhero movies I can just throw on the screen and enjoy. I want to be rooting for the characters. I want to be anticipating a particular scene that I know I enjoy so much that when it hits, it doesn't matter if the whole film in its entirety isn't better than another in some people's eyes. That scene is something that I look forward to from the beginning of the movie that it ranks in my top 10. So if one movie has a cool scene that you love, you will rank it higher than a whole movie that you like on the whole, even with fewer awesome moments? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it could be, and most of the time, if there's one scene that I like, there's more than one. Sure. But it's like different levels. And one will just put itself to the very, very top because of it. So, okay. all right. So, Colin, if I want to hear your thoughts, what you think about um, my ranking. Are you st- if you're starting with this movie right here, I'm already upset with you. So, <laughs> let's, let's get it rolling. We're starting it off with Thor Ragnarok. That's your number 10? This is my number 10. Okay. Okay, so the reason why this is my number 10, y- y- you get the Planet Hulk, nar- Planet Hulk narrative. You see Thor. You see him go up against the Hulk. This is one of the funnier movies. You have Loki. And I think that the comedy combined with the overall action sequences and... You also have the Easter eggs of Man-Thing. You also have the Easter eggs of Beta Ray Bill. That was so epic to me. And then you have Jeff. Oh, my gosh. Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. I just, like, brain farted there. Jeff Goldblum. Absolutely slaying the role. All of that combined makes this an anytime movie for me. Thor Ragnarok at my list at number 10. What's your gut response? You said you're going to be pissed already. You think this shouldn't even be on my list, damn this it? This is really low on your list. I'm surprised. Oh, it's too low. So in your head, did you did you rank the entire MCU and there's just 12 or whatever movies not on your list? There's like 20, order? what, three movies or something like that in the MCU. This one ranked number 10 out of all the 23. Okay. So there's nine above this. Maybe I need to look at a list of all of the MCU movies, but I would personally put this one a little higher. Okay. 10 out of 10. Well, what I'm interested in is, you know, and I'm going to spoil this here. I am going to request, request, request. I have a little sinus stuff going on, comic fam. I've, gross. Been, I've been living off Afrin. It's, it's a thing. Um, and it's also black magic. For those of you who utilize the, the wonder drug that is Afrin, you will know what I'm talking about. You take Afrin. And it fixes all your sinus problems. Do you see other dimensions? Basically. because if you, if, you, if you go for like days of not being able to breathe through your sinuses, because I have a deviated septum that I'm going to get fixed. It's going to be an interesting time next year, comic fam. Afrin fixes it. However, it only works really well the first day. The second day doesn't work as well. The third day, it's even worse. And then if you don't utilize it, it makes everything reverse and you can't breathe. You can't breathe at all. It makes it like worse than the day before you started utilizing Afrin. It is literally like the dark hold in drug form. Thank you to your new sponsor of the show, Afrin. Afrin. And I recommend the moisture, heavy moisture version of it. Hmm. It's like a purple bottle. We should do top 10 Afrin products. I could even do that. But we, this is not what this pro, the podcast is about. This it's section not? is about my favorite MCU movies. Okay. okay. So I'm going to real quick. There will be another live show before the end of the year if we get all this done. I'm going to request request that Ryan bring his 10 to the table. So kind of go loose on where you think your movies are going to stack because I want to hear it fresh, just like you're hearing mine, but Thor Ragnarok at number 10. Cool. He already thinks it's too low. Correct. All right. I'm sure the chat agrees with me. It's going to get rough here. Okay. Next one on my list. Let's see here. I don't want to look at the screen. Yeah, I don't look here. I'm going to turn away and you show me number nine. Number nine, Iron Man three. Okay. 
You, you're, you have no problems with Iron Man 3 I, being I on my top problem, 10. I have a problem with you ranking it higher than Thor Ragnarok. However, oh, I, I like recently it. did a rewatch of the whole MCU, and Iron Man 3 is much better than I remember. This is a movie that so many people ridicule, and I understand the Mandarin it, it, it took a couple years before we got an actual rendition of the Mandarin that everyone liked. And you know what? It was amazing. Shang-Chi almost made my 10. Spoiler, didn't make my 10. Almost did. I would put okay. it like 11, honestly. It may even creep up over time. I have the right to change my mind. But here, Iron Man 3, the reason why I liked it is that this is post the... Wormhole. Yeah, this Avengers. is... The first, yes. the first Avengers movie. And this is where you see Tony Stark really get depressed. This is when he starts becoming the Tony Stark that we all know him to be, having to deal with the weight of leading the entire Avengers team, even though that's not really how it was in the comics. Regardless, the weight of Iron Man and the responsibility that he has to fight aliens and this, like, the, the cosmic universe just opening up, the pressure being so much larger than he anticipated being. I really enjoyed that narrative. It really did a level of character development I wish the second film had done, which is why the second film is not on my list. Ben Kingsley as Fantastic. Mandarin, after rewatching it a second time, a third time, I like it more and more. It was hysterical. He is so funny in this movie. This may be the funniest MCU movie that exists. I don't think there's a funnier one. I think it's funnier than Thor Ragnarok. Some of the Thor Ragnarok lines, they hit hard. You know, right. oh, he's my friend from work. Like, that's hilarious. And I heard that that was actually off the cuff, you know, always sunny type of improv happening. But this particular movie, when there's just so many scenes right after another that are just like laugh out loud funny when you're by yourself. And that's how you know it's funny. Anytime movie for me, Iron Man 3 makes my top 10 and people are going to hate it. People are, I'm looking at the chat here and you are, you are getting some ire. I love it. That's why this is, you know. One of the best comic book podcasts pick, in the world. Pick the worst MCU movies and say they're all your favorites. And there just, we go. Just stir the horn. Just to troll everybody. However, anybody who has a gut reaction that this is a poorly placed film, I would suggest give Iron Man 3 another shot. It might have been a while since you've seen it. I hadn't seen it in years until I did a whole MCU binge a couple months ago. This movie holds up. There we go. We're talking my favorite, my Definitely top 10 favorite MCU too. films. I know uh, Mark Manilo says, Shang-Chi is not in your top 10. Okay, your list is trash. Here's the thing. I've only watched Shang-Chi Shang -Chi twice, and it's so close. But these 10, I've been watching these movies for years, some of them. It may take a little bit. Next year, we may have to come back to the table. There's so many more. There's already a handful of movies that, you know, I've only seen once. Maybe if I watch it again, I will like it more. Quick question before we move on. Does Spider-Man films count? Do no. Those are Sony. Uh, like the far Tom, from home. The Tom yeah, Holland the, ones. Tom Holland ones do. They and count? They count, and they're not on my list. Okay. Yeah, just, none just of them made it. I'm going to turn away, and so you get the next movie up. Okay. I don't like seeing the thumbnail spoilers over here, so I'm going to look at the Megazord instead. Do it. Okay, here we go. Oh, here. Bear with me, comic fam. It is a We're cool doing toy. this. We're doing this. Number eight on my list, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I am a diehard Ant-Man fan. These two... Okay, we're talking about number two. Correct. I'm kind of foreshadowing here. This film was so underrated. The fight scene alone, that's kind of... When I'm talking about scenes in the MCU that I think of that were some of my favorites that make an entire movie exciting for me, it is the shrinking battle that takes place. There is nothing more comic book to me than that. One of the, my favorite laughs in the entire MCU is... 
when I think it was in the first one when they're having that fight on like the train set, and then like yes. they uh, is it when they blow the they blow the Thomas train up and it smashes through the wall? That's fun. But there was some scene where they're like, it's this big epic fight, and then you zoom out and you see what it really looks like, and you just hear this little like tink, as it like they hit the wall, and like there's a lot of fun size play stuff that happens. So you're getting into uh, uh, both movies, but here's the thing: the concept of Paul Rudd's character and that his ability being the you know being able to shrink and grow large, I think it's my favorite aspect of superhero powers being displayed on the screen. Thor's cool. I love it. Iron Man's dope. He's in armor. Dope. Cool. I'm happy. Dope. All right. Ant-Man, every time he fights, it's unique. The way he fought Thanos was unique. The way that he rode the arrow of Hawkeyes in Civil War, which didn't make my list. My, one of my favorite parts of that entire movie. Every time Paul Rudd is on screen, it's funny. It's impactful. It has some of the best character development of any character. He's sure. the most relatable Avenger. Yeah. What? Are you, you relate to, relate to Black Widow? Hawkeye? No. You know, yeah, he's a spy or a god or a, a, you know, multi-millionaire. Is he a billionaire? I don't know. Tony Stark's mega rich philanthropist playboy. No, you can't relate to him. I relate to that. The playboy aspect. That's me. You know, for sure. like what character in the Avengers team can you even slightly relate to? It's Paul Rudd. He's just trying to be a dad. He's struggling. One of our favorite breakdowns that we ever did on this channel. Correct. That no one probably remembers. Ant-Man. Second, Second Chance, Chance Man. 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 Everyone needs to read that comic book. Anyways, Ant-Man, Wasp. I was more excited to watch this sequel than most other MCU movies. Not all, but most, which is why it ranked at my list at number eight. These movies have really fun action sequences. I get bored with the surrounding plot elements of these movies. The whole finding the mom stuck in the quantum realm didn't really land for me with with the Ant-Man films. Are you kidding me? Going into the quantum I realm? I like when they went in there, but like the whole movie and the whole first movie and the half of the second movie where they like build up to it and like, I don't know. Oh my God. Ghost. The, movie, the, the shrinking of the uh, headquarters, the bus. I mean. The action stuff is fun. It's like the whole so car good. chase in Ant-Man 2 is fantastic. The ants that grow. Like this right here, it's such, it's so comic booky, And that's what I want. Right, with I the don't, ant drumming and the house arrest and all that. I like, dude, I enjoy this movie. It's, I wouldn't put it in my top 10. I'm going to spoil that right now. Maybe. I mean, maybe when I go look at my list, I'll reevaluate stuff. But my gut reaction is no. I have zero need for a like giant cosmic opera every single superhero movie that hits the screen. Sure. Oh, the world is ending for the hundredth time. Oh my gosh, the planet is actually going to give birth to a celestial... Awesome. It doesn't need to be like that every single time I watch a superhero movie. This is like a heist movie. I go into it, and I don't have to feel like it's going to be impending doom, that there's going to be a snap, even though that's on my list. This right here is an anytime movie for me. It makes my list. Next one. I respect you. Iron Man 1. Okay. It's going to be on everyone's list. I think this ranked really high on Jem Mintz. Well, shout out Jem Mintz. It's your boy Jem Mintz. Who also did his ranking. Make sure to go watch it on his channel. This may have been like top three. Jim, you're in the chat. Remind me what, what number you placed Iron Man 1. This right here is just a superb movie. Easy as that. It, and tr it started everything. It's responsible for everything. And it's fun. I remember finding out that Iron Man was going to be a thing. Like, that's what they're going to start with? 
I didn't even know what Iron Man was when I I was what eighteen or nineteen when this came out. I was just in college and we all went to go see it and like I just thought it was a, a comic book movie. I didn't know who Iron Man was. I didn't read comics before that really. Well, the thing is, most people didn't know who Iron Man was because he was like not even a C list character. He was like a yeah. D, you know, list character. Not that it was bad. It's just it's Iron Man. You think of all these other people first, but starting out with Robert Downey Jr. Is that how this looks over here? Yeah, that's how it looks with all these. Borders. Yeah, this is a little bit of a border. I'm sorry. It's just how it is for now. We're going to fix it going forward, comic fan. All right, so this was uh, number seven on my list. Number six on my list. Let's bring it up. Avengers Endgame. Okay. So the resolve is what this one's about. It's just, it's just, so, there was no, there was no other movie that I anticipated more that I felt like I needed to be at the theater before anyone else. I needed like this to me, I felt like I felt the same way I felt when I watched Return of the King the first time. Okay. I was ready to stop whatever I was doing. I bought two tickets because I knew I needed to see it back to back. I didn't care oh. if I was going to be in the theater for seven hours. More like 12 hours, man. Dude. Return of the King and Two Towers. Mm. My parents were crazy. All right. They took me out of school. Well, yeah. Like they, they literally gave me a, a, a note. Like Tom has to leave during science. We have to go see Two Towers. And they like, yeah, literally like, all right, today's Should Lord of the like Rings day. Death it's of important. the family or some, you know, actual excuse. Tom's got to go watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. They, they did it go? for Harry Potter. They did it for Lord of the Rings. They did it for uh, Return of the King. I felt like that level of importance to watch this movie because we have been talking so damn much about another movie on this list. But it's not there yet. So before... I'm putting Avengers Age of Ultron at the list at number five. Above Endgame. Above Endgame. And, and really, Endgame, The Resolve. I, we, everyone's seen it. I don't need to like hone in on how amazing it was to hear Avengers Assemble and to see everybody on the screen at once. Like... It was, like, probably the closest... Yeah, yeah, dude, I got I got tears in my eyes during that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, that was an emotional movie. You can movement. watch that build-up and that, that scene of them all, like, gathering and, like, the hammer. Like, him catching the hammer and, like, I don't know. I'm getting chills just talking about it. I right know, now. dude. It's like, I don't know if it's the, like, the lights because I'm sweating here or if it's just, you know... Us can I get a little dark movie? for a minute? Before Get dark, baby. <laughs> before Endgame came out. <laughs> get dark, baby. Is there applause for the darkness? Uh, yeah, 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 for I the remember, darkness. I remember thinking, like... As long as I don't die before Avengers <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> Anytime after that, I'm good. I just, I want to oh see how this, God, how this wraps up. <laughs> oh if my I get hit God. by a bus, as, uh, as long as it's on my way out oh of the theater. Oh my God, Orion. As that's the quote right there that Marvel's got to use. As long as I don't die before this movie comes out, it's going to be, be okay. After, after that, I'm oh, fine. Oh, Lord. That is nuts. But, okay. Avengers Age of Ultron. Underrated. This is a fun movie. It's Ultron. And we have the freaking Lizard King playing Ultron. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Yep. Right? The way people feel about the Mandarin getting shafted and used incorrectly is how I feel about Ultron here. Like, I was a little disappointed with the overall usage of Ultron in this movie, even though I'm not that familiar with him in the comics. James Spader, yes. when he was on set, you can look this up on YouTube, Comic Fam. The Avengers cast stood there in amusement. They were stunned about what they were seeing. James Spader became Ultron on set, but this is all like green screen and stuff attached to him, just like Paul Rudd does when he goes full Hulk. Like, 
you know, he's like towering over people because Ruffalo? they have him like on Mark Ruffalo. Oh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Paul Rudd would be Paul a great Rudd. Hulk. Though. He would be a great Hulk. Um, but when like Mark Ruffalo goes Hulk, they have to like add stuff to him. You know, when he goes in full green, and it's like it's all silly because they the green screen it. Right? The tennis balls to make sure you look at the right place. Dude, James Spader towering over individuals, becoming a computer, the living computer. You know, it is outstanding and watching the other Avengers look at him in awe and amazement about his ability to channel Ultron watch that and then rewatch Age of Ultron because yeah it is some comedy in it yeah it's maybe not what you wanted from the comics because it wasn't as dark but I didn't want it to be dark because then it would just be another Iron Man movie I did have an issue with this movie specifically there was a lot of behind the scenes meddling with a corporate Versus Joss Whedon and making him like chop it up. And it, it definitely felt disjointed at parts. There was a part where like Thor went off into a, a vision cave and had like this. There was a bunch of sequences that got cut and like chopped up. And yep. it, it definitely feels like there were too many people in the kitchen. Too many cooks. I completely understand how that would happen because this was a giant movie. But the scene where they're at that party. And then Ultron just kind of stumbles out. The very first version of him, mm -hmm. that is one of the scariest moments in the whole series. That's what I'm talking about, dude. You know yeah. something is so damn wrong. And this is also where you get the Scarlet Witch. You get Quicksilver. True. All right? Barely this is you get Quicksilver, but yeah. He's barely, here. but I'm glad they did what they did. And, and she still had an accent in this movie, and they just kind of true. slowly chipped that away year by year. Right. But They did. Um, we also get the fun scene at the end with uh, everyone trying to lift Thor's hammer. Which, right. which became a meme. It's like one of the first biggest memes of Marvel. I mean, that's not why this movie is on my top list, but specifically James Spader, Ultron. I, I don't even care. Like some people do not like it. You also really like James it. Spader from The Office. Is that coloring your, your pick here at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Bias. I don't care. Just Robert California. Yeah. You did change my mind about that character. Completely, complete tangent right now. He's like, like one of the best characters in the entire series. Talking to you and hearing, James freaking Spanner. Yeah, Come hearing on. you stick up for him made me appreciate it more. Okay, here we go. Next on the list, we got Black Panther. Easy peasy. No, wait a minute. I missed one. You missed right, one. I, just, I, I screwed up. I screwed up. Spoilers. Okay, we're, on number, we're only at number four. I just spoiled number three. Number four, Avengers Infinity War. I agree. Unless, I, I mean, I don't know if the first Avengers movie is higher than this. But this is my favorite Avengers film. I didn't even put first Avengers on my list. Okay. So uh, I put Infinity War on here because they're what, I mean, dude, this is just as epic as it gets for a superhero narrative. Thanos going full Thanos, causing the blip, something that we talked about on the mic that started an entire breakdown series. Comic fam, when this happened, Ryan and I looked at each other and we're like, at the start of trying to figure out well, if, how we would even make content, we said, let's as a YouTube the, channel. Yeah, let's pick a movie that's going to come out soon Avengers, Infinity War. And we'll just do a, a little discussion on the Infinity Gauntlet plot line. Dude, it became such a long discussion on the back end before we, we were even like bring it to the mic, talking about what they were going to do. And then when it happened, oh my gosh. Oh, gross. I'm burping. Oh, <laughs> it's getting worse. Oh my gosh. Coffee's coming out. It happened. And we all expected it to. Did they go to the, you know, is it the soul gem? Did they go inside the soul gem? Or is Warlock coming out? Are they going to come back? Is everyone dead? It was so impactful that it spawned so many videos on this channel. I owe so much to this movie because this got the wheels turning for so much spec. The comic book game in general, investing, speculating, uh, collecting, all of it. 
buy, selling, and trading. This movie caused way more to happen than any movie I could think of up until then. April 27th, 2018 would be the release date for this movie. And I started on this channel, like, what, February or something, 2018. So this was, like... Months. Very, very beginning of... In, like, a personal way, this movie has a lot to do with the... Uh, Overall direction, the content you and I made. So there you go. Um, number three on my list, Black Panther. Anytime movie. This is a beautifully done movie. Action, Wakanda. Every actor in this, actress, nails the role. One of the most important movies for culture ever made. And one of the best leads probably ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, is there really anything else to say? I get a vibe from this movie and like I, I see why it had such an impact outside of the comic book world. And as far as like if you look at the whole MCU as a franchise, this one stands apart. And like you can really tell that this was made by a team of people who wanted to do something different that stands out on its own. And it, it feels just all throughout. It just feels kind of like an MCU movie, but it feels like kind of like Shang-Chi in a way. Like, yeah. You can tell it fits in this overall puzzle, but it's very much in its own way, its own distinct thing. Yes. I kind of feel the same way about Harry Potter 3, Prisoner of Azkaban. That movie is like, they all fit together. That's a whole franchise. But that movie was made by like a filmmaker. Yes. And, and it sticks out and it's got its own flavor. It's got that serious effect. And that's what this movie has for me. Uh, just, it's a cool movie to watch. I remember watching the first time and thinking I got to watch it again. And again, it was so much fun. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's been an anytime movie and it still is. And it always will be. And One of the best villains. Oh, man. The the fight, M'Baku, everything. It's so damn good. And, yeah, I freaking love this movie. All right. Number two on my list, Ant-Man 1. There it no is. Idea. You were such a big Ant fan. Dude, it's Ant-Man. It's Paul Rudd. I enjoyed this movie at the theater more than any other movie on this list, including my number one. Okay. I'll get to my number one in a second. But this movie is the most enjoyable MCU film for me that exists right now. For all the reasons that we talked about before with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. It's essentially the same stuff. All right. Last but not least, my favorite MCU movie of all time, Captain America, the first Avenger. Why? <laughs> Defend this, please. This movie gets me freaking hyped. It's golden age. This right here, this movie defines what a superhero movie is to me. You have the patriotism, the first Avenger, the, the one that starts it all, the relationship with Bucky, Steve Rogers becoming super because of the serum, the red freaking skull. My favorite part of that movie. The fight scenes. This movie, you put this on, I get hyped. I want to like start running Reggie style. Just go and Reggie run, collects. Just run. Hey, this is what Reggie does. Oh, we're going to talk about comic books. Let me get my treadmill. All right, comic fam. We're going to talk about comic books. And he's like working out the entire time. Like, that's all I want to do when I watch this movie. I want a grade. I want a price. It is a movie I will, I will be watching for like the 10th time. And I'll rewind scenes because you know what? I want to watch it again. That's how I feel. I want to I wanna critique your pick. Critique I also my pick. don't want to do it because it'll spoil some elements of my list. That's okay. coming out next Well, don't next do that, show. Ryan. Critique it based off of my placement, not yours. I would be interested in hearing an argument for this movie being in your top 10 somewhere. I would be willing to entertain that discussion. 
I would even be willing to entertain the thought that maybe you accidentally switched your first and last picks. Oh, my God. Dude, the first of it's Captain America. I love Captain America. This is Golden Age. More than a lot of a this lot of comic This movie is the only real like Golden Age movie. Yeah, that's where it all starts, man. Sure, but this is it. His relationship with Carter, like everything about this movie, is so good. When he jumps on the grenade, right? Oh my god! Do you? How do you not feel something? How do you not just feel like that encapsulates the entirety of Captain America in, in itself? But, that's what I'm saying. But. Yeah. Comic fam, I gotta know your thoughts. Ryan disagrees, but you know what? Ryan, Fire guy Ryan, I don't have to agree about everything. Yeah. I wanna know your thoughts about your favorite MCU films in the comment section below. I wanna hear it in a chat. Winter Soldier was great. I really liked Winter Soldier. It would have been around uh, 12 or I would be 11. very interested to hear like the, the two or three movies that just barely didn't make your list because, yeah, you got no Guardians in here either. Yeah, you didn't Guardians put Captain cool. Marvel in here anywhere. Everyone loves True. that movie. <laughs> That's true, comic fam. Well, if you like the video, we have over 100 people in the chat today. Thank you so much. We have giveaways coming. Um, Make sure to hit the like button. We need participation, yo. You guys are here. Just take a second, hit the like button. And we're going to come back to the mic to chat with Ryan on the next show. So hit the subscribe. I got to do a giveaway. Oh, do a giveaway. What do you got? This this most recent comment down there. Read read that one while I write it. All right. Tom has the Steve Rogers physique. Pre-Super Soldier. <laughs> I have the blob physique. <laughs> All right, comic fam. Um, like hey, that. I'm working on it, yo. He I'm is working, working on, on it. it. I go to the gym. I've always been kind of scrawny, but you know what? Maybe that's the reason why I like Steve Rogers so damn much. I feel like I can become super one day. We're doing the, what is this? Richard uh, War of the, the Bounty Hunters number five. This is the. Oh, we got a winner. Yes. He gets a winner you. for making fun of my physique. Correct. That's I, what happens. I decide who, who wins. All right, comic fam. There's, our, there's my list. Um, I, Check I'm the gonna, description. All right, I'm asking you, Ryan, officially, make it happen, Captain. I will bring in my top ten list by the next live show in two weeks. If you don't do it, I'm going to be very disappointed with you. I don't want to be disappoint my, my papa. All right. <laughs> Just call me your papa. Poppy. <laughs> Fire guy Ryan in the house. Okay. Um, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, um, you want to get comic books from us every single month. This is what makes it possible for us to make content for the comic fam. Ryan is full-time comic books as of this year because of this damn community. We love you. That's right. Sorry about a year. Um, we have um, your ability to get to, to uh, support our show, but also get comic books from us. Comicton101.com. You can join the December mail call. This is the last mail call. Of the year. year. (laughs) Not of all not of all time. There will be a January one. Um, but we are in the last three days of open enrollment. We have regarding the matter of Oswald's body. I've been saying Oswald's bod. I think they should have just called it that. You have. Oswald's bod number one. Put him on a surfboard. You know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. But talk to me about this knife palette technique, Johnny DeJardins. You want me to talk to you about it? You have been bagging and boarding these bad boys. I have. What's your experience? What's it's your fun experience? to look at, and it's really, I say this every month, but, like, you really got to see it in person. Because, like, it's, it's a cool picture, but once you get it in hand, you can really kind of, you get this sense. You get the sense of, like, how this was made. Johnny Desjardins, he's been at it for a while. He's done a lot of work for a lot of different publishing companies. He's done a lot of interior work, a lot of covers. But in this last year and a half, really kind of throughout COVID, he has, like, almost ditched the traditional forms of media that he started with in comics that I think he, you know, got kind of got trained in and started doing his own thing in a way where it's like he's honing in on skills that take years to master. 
This is a knife palette technique. This is how your comic exclusive was created. I specifically wanted him on this title because I knew that he would bring a level of detail and work to this cover that would make it stand out like, like none of the other variants that came out. And there was a handful. And this is what he does. Look at this. He's got a knife. He's got it's a knife palette technique. He's literally He's making like shapes, dabbing it on there, dabbing it on there, and swooshing it around. And for like, real, dude. Johnny's a freaking cool dude. I really admire his time travel technique because he has managed to time travel back to my college dorm room based on the <laughs> posters. He's got Pulp Fiction and Scarface. Like I, I respect that. Ah, respect, man. Um, I got to chat with Johnny for the first time um, this past week, and I can tell you, this guy loves comics. He's such a talent. He is not someone who is as well-versed with social media. And I think as a creator, that's okay. Because this is where his attention is. Yes. Honing in on skills like this. When I was chatting with him, I hope this is okay that I bring this up. But Johnny, you're working with me, yo. I, I got to talk a little bit. Just a little. He chatted about his downtime, which was being spent learning about various techniques that he is interested in perfecting. So when he's not actively creating, he is growing his education and his knowledge about the art and how he can do things different. And here's the thing, comic fam, we're talking about variations to art that you only get with variant covers. True. This That's why is, I love variants. This is why the variant market matters. And some people hone in on variants like, oh, it's just too many. And, you know, we just need to keep it to one, to two things. No, comic fam, this is an ability to continue what is become an artist's renaissance. Artists that, are, that wouldn't be in the game. And I'm not saying, Johnny's been in the game, so I'm not talking about Johnny, but I'm talking about a lot of different artists who majority just stick to variant covers because this is their way to scratch a creative itch that is... Much needed for artists as well as the comic book industry. And this right here, there he is, brother. Hey. <laughs> He's so freaking cool, dude. I love Johnny. Was this live the whole time? No, this wasn't live. He's, this isn't live. <laughs> but um, he did he record that special for the comic fam. If you want to secure your Oswald's Bod number one cover art done by Johnny Desjardins, and do yourself a favor, go and follow him on Instagram. Can we stipulate that every cover artist, every variant artist that we get moving forward has to record the process and send it to us like that? Because I'm trying. Cool. I'm trying, yo. They, hey, not everybody is like really down to do stuff like that. And yeah. I'm not going to pressure artists. Again, they're in their own artist force world. them. Force them? Right. By force. We'll go there. and Using like, the force or do you like physically force them? We'll go there and just in, you know, give them a glare. Glare at them the whole just time. Just really give them a stern look. Record them like like they're our hostage. Okay. That'll, 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 that'll go over well. Yeah. Marvel will love that. <laughs> that, that really... Encourages the artistic process. Yeah, yeah, do whatever we got to do to get them there. You know what I'm saying? Okay, comic fam, um, comictime101.com. Join the mystery mail call. We do have a second exclusive, but we haven't announced it yet. Who knows if we will? You may just get a surprise in your mail call. I do what I want. No pairs, no rules. Okay, next on the list that we are talking about, dude, this is a bags and boards show, comic fam. Podcast number 50. I'm feeling damn good. Recovering from con crud. And you want to know why I feel damn good, Ryan? I don't remember what segment we we planned out the order of this of this show slightly supposedly, but okay. We're talking about comic books, yeah. Now we are. We're talking okay. about funny books, expensive paper, but not all paper is expensive. We're talking about some damn good reads, yo. All right, we read four different books, and we're talking like four different titles and multiple issues. Correct. Comic fan, when we hit the mic. We're not just coming here with just like 
hey, we read like five pages of one book. It was a preview. I'm going to tell you to go buy it. No, no, no. We hit like the entire damn trade. We were talking like five issues deep in some of these things. We're reading like 20 plus books before we hit the mic. And yo, out of all these damn comics, this was a really good week. It was. Like it's not, like we read a lot of great comics on the show, but don't get me wrong. Some weeks, I'm just freaking impressed with the industry. There's a lot of naysayers out there, man, complaining about titles. You're just not reading enough or the right titles. I just said it. That gets into my overall strategy, I guess, with picking comic books in the first place. Like, I think you really got to take a risk and step out and try something a little indie. Yeah, or Get even, away from Batman. Yeah, you know, I like how you just said indie, because that's going to set us up to talk about something that's very not indie. Hmm. We're talking about Moon Knight, baby. Let's go. Okay, first comic book that we got to chat with you about, that if it's not on your pull list, you need to add it to your pull list. If you've never, you know... Taking the time to get into Moon Knight, this is made for you. I was very glad when you told me that, by the way, because I thought you, for some reason, I figured you had a little more Moon Knight knowledge than I did. I, I don't. I don't know I anything have, about Moon Knight. I have a fair amount of knowledge. You know, uh, I read the Lemire run, but that's pretty much it. There's, Dude, shout out Octavio. Like, There's members of our show that are like diehard Moon Knight fans. They know the hell out of this particular superhero narrative. I am not someone who's as well-versed. I needed this so damn bad. And this comic book is almost a one-shot every single issue because this is made for people to get into Moon Knight, likely to prep you for the Oscar Isaac show next year. Yes. And that's probably the main reason I ultimately decided to try this. I am making an effort to try more ongoing series for characters I'm either not really familiar with or that I don't even really like that much. But I do... I've always been kind of drawn to Moon Knight. I've just never really taken the plunge because I know that there's a lot of stuff going around in the periphery that's a little confusing. Welcome to the Midnight Mission. My name is Mr. Knight. How can I help? Moon Knight. This is the first page, right? First is, panel. Yeah, of- this is the first panel, uh, the first page rather. And this right here sets you up for what you're going to get. A good comic book will do that. And I will bring that back up here on the mic. So stay tuned. But. We have the Moon God. We have Moon Knight looking like a freaking badass. And tell them about the Midnight Mission while I bring up our notes. Please, bring up the notes. The Midnight Mission, uh, I'm assuming this is new, a new development in the Moon Knight storyline. But he basically... He's basically like starters on religion, dude. He's decided to... It's kind of like a... I almost get like a like a YMCA kind of vibe from this place. Like it's a place you can go, <laughs> if you will. Is, <laughs> is that what, Kyle, if I'm, I got to hear your thoughts in the comment section below. When you read Moon Knight, do you think of YMCA? Do you think of the village people? Yeah, you know. Hey, we're going to the Moon Knight. What would be the acronym for, for like the Moon Knight YMCA dance? If Moon Knight were to make a YMCA, it's like M-O-O-N. Everybody, I need some coffee. M-O-O-N-M. It's like, you know what I'm saying, comic fam? You feeling this? I feel like we have a song to make about Moon Knight. M-O-O-M. You see what I'm saying? It works. It totally works. N. <laughs> I don't know. How do you make an N? Are you dabbing? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm trying to make an N. Like this? I don't know. Like and subscribe. This is why you're here, comic fam. Yeah, this is great. Moon Knight. Okay, um, who wrote this? This is uh, Jen, Jen McKay. McKay. And? Artist is Alessandra Capiccio. Okay. Uh, first off, writing of this book, perfect for a new person, perfect for anyone new reading Moon Knight. As mentioned, each issue is almost its own contained story with a thin thread carrying you through. How many issues are there? Because I only read like the first five, six, five, 
Five just came out recently. Five just, I read. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm caught up then. You're caught up. Oh, man, because five was good. But I'm not even going to get into it because the reveal in five, I chatted about, the, about it on the trending video. Ugh, it's got me excited. It's like dark rain callbacks. Oh, so good. Um, however. I already the, forgot. The villain happens. at the end. Ah, sorry. <laughs> well, it's Marvel Comics. I mean, yeah, there's, it's always, good. there's always a surprise villain reveal at the end. Okay. But we have um, in each issue, you're learning more and more about Moon Knight why he's doing what he's doing. He is the fist of the moon god. Right. The fist of Khonshu. Khonshu. And you see that here in this this one page spread, which is really setting you up. And aside from him saying, yeah, like, you know, join my mission, he's trying to protect the streets at night. He's basically Batman in the Marvel Universe. I know. You know what? That's probably why it deterred me from reading it for so long. I'm a big Batman fan. It's like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. It's like, oh, there are so many comics to read. However, this book is making me want to read other Moon Knight books. This book almost kind of directly addresses the fact that Batman obviously has some mental issues, some unresolved things in his mind that DC has mostly veered away from or glossed over or just ignored. The but art. Oh, my God. Okay, so here. Um, writing. Okay, each issue could be a standalone because you're finding out there's a situation that's going to be resolved. And aside from Moon Knight... Being the person in charge of keeping the streets clean at night, because, you know, he's the he's going by. That's what the night means. Exactly. Moon night. They just spelled know? it wrong. Exactly. We have a narrative that also switches back to a therapy session that the Avengers mandated. Yeah. Apparently, he got into some trouble recently in the Avengers run that neither of us have read. That's right. I haven't read that run. But... Yeah, Kai, uh, try to take over the world. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's you know yeah. the the, the moon do. god he worships is very stern, and if you follow it to a T, it ends up being a little bit too much. And this is him figuring out a balance between utilizing the power that he's been bestowed, because he's re- apparently been resurrected more than once. Can he die? Comics. Is a good question. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't want to find out. But in the first issue, we see him go after some vampires, and this right here demonstrates um, Alessandra's amazing ability to draw with such precision. Holy smokes, this may be one of the slickest superhero designs in the Marvel Universe. Moon Knight's just cool. He is a badass, man. Like, I know his costume's white and doesn't really make sense that much. Right. But I don't care. Yeah, also that. Also, I don't know how it swoops up like that when he's flying. Like, how did... Who cares? Who cares, man? How does it make that moon shape? All right. So he's going after vampires in issue one. Ah. I mean, look at this. Outstanding. That negative space. And yeah, he's going up against vampires in issue number one. You don't really need to know more than that. We're not, Confab, we're not here to like spoil stuff for you unless we gotta, because we're trying to get you to read this. If we, right. we're going to, we're going to be a little bit reserved, but you know what? And I made that point to you earlier that I feel like Marvel is in a really kind of transitional period right now True. like there's they just wrapped up immortal hulk and like venom like runs that have been very popular and successful yeah, uh, the legendary status of soon legendary status for both yeah so they're starting something new it's still fresh it's brand new we're in this transitional period and this is a fifth issue of an, a moon go, a moon night ongoing series and i feel like this has the potential to kind of grow and be one of the premier marvel books right now completely agree um, something fun about Moon Knight, he hunts down these vampires and he's about to kill them. But what's happening is vampires are turning citizens or not just citizens, just anybody who are on the street into vampires so that they themselves can be recruited to go and turn more people into vampires. It's like a vampire pyramid scheme. They make a, yeah. a big joke about that at the beginning. But. Exactly. 
And Moon Knight, I like his attitude as a, it, it's less Punisher, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, until you do something bad, I'm going to leave you alone. Even if you are a monster per se. Right. Butch, he's getting mad. Butch is locked out of the room. He's been bad today. He keeps jumping on the damn table. Okay, but Moon Knight, um, let's actually continue because the therapy sessions are really where the the uh, explanations, his backstory is, you know, the exposition typically would take place, but it's being communicated in these sessions that are mandated by the Avengers. I'm really enjoying that because you're getting a peek in his brain. You're seeing that he's a troubled, uh, a troubled person. Reminds me of The Sopranos in the best possible way, Absolutely. which also had a lot of therapy scenes. As mentioned, he goes through his origin story, you know, former military, someone who really went the wrong direction, did a lot of harm thinking he was doing good, needing to be reborn, being reborn as the superhero he would become. Or was he actually? I guess that's a whole part of Moon Knight. You don't really know. The problem I've always had with this character is that he has several different personalities. He has dissociative identity disorder. Or does he? Like, that's the thing. Some writers really lean heavily on it. Some don't. And I guess that's what's kind of deterred me from it. Because it's like, I, I got to read all of it. You're I not guess. just learning one character. You're learning one character who has at least three, I think, distinct identities that he kind of changes or something like I don't know even Moon Knight fans don't Knight. care for that like it's a polarizing thing it's a lot it's a lot you're jumping into and it, it for me it's always kind of steered me away right but they don't really get into that much here at all which I appreciate what they do get into is vampires what they do get into is him getting a sidekick who also is a vampire Reese is awesome in this comic it was book. one of the people from the van at the very beginning which I absolutely completely missed what we also get is Hunter's Moon the other fist of the moon god, who thinks that Moon Knight isn't doing his role good enough. He's not actually carrying out the moon god's wishes because the moon god is you know, trapped in a, in a prison in some cosmic narrative. Comic books. Doesn't matter, comic books. And we also see him go up against a bunch of old people. Yes, Every comic now and fam. Then you gotta fight old people, though. Look at this, for real, comic fam. Look at this. Ugh. These are a bunch of elderly individuals. Okay. Of all the five issues, issue two is my favorite. Okay. And I'm going to spoil a little bit of issue two, because this right here is a great example of why this book needs to be on your poll list. Issue one's about vampires. Issue two is about crazy old people. <laughs> you follow me so far, Ryan? Yeah. It's about a gentleman who can control you if you taste his sweat. Mm. Okay? That connection allows him to control you. Now... He wants to control a lot of people. So the best way to get, it's not easy to get people to taste your sweat. You're like, ah, oh, lick me. I've Don't. tried. Ryan tries a little oddly often Sorry. to get me to lick, taste his sweat. Lick my armpit, Tom. Yeah, and I'm like, no, dude, that sounds really weird. But then he's like, Ryan, I'm fire guy, Ryan. I'm sweaty. To. I'll get someone to. He's trying to control me, comic fam. I am. Okay. But what we find out is this uh, particular character, the, the antagonist in issue two, he goes to an old folks home and he gets them to drink the water that he mixes his sweat into, He's which like is like a janitor why, or something at this yeah. old folks home. And he just like poisons the, the water supply and they're all suddenly without knowing his like slave, his zombie slaves. That's right. Minions. So Moon Knight is now in a position. He's about to get shot by this janitor where he, the janitor explains everything. He's like, yeah, you know, they drink my sweat and I can control him. So Moon Knight says, oh, well, don't you want to control me here? And he licks, take a look at it right here. He, he <laughs> takes the moon little, you know, battering. 
That's, I that's said what it. it is. Yeah. He licks it. And he says, yo, do you, you want to control me? Like, who's going to pass up the ability to control Moon Knight? So we're going to see an antagonist. And we're going to see a glimpse of what's inside Moon Knight's mind. Mark Spector. This right here is why it's my favorite. Because this scene gives you um, just a, a little taste, literally, about <laughs> what is inside his head. It's madness. This gentleman, the janitor, who's an antagonist, starts being engulfed in just nightmare-ish muck, muck, blackness. Yeah. Right? Absence of light. Null. Huh? And as he tries to reach for the light. As Which he, is as a, he, a giant moon, of course. Of course it's a giant moon. And by the way, look at the art, man. It glows. Like, I don't know how they do this. It, it's so damn. Because there's more than one color here. It's like you have white, but you also have like this transitional white. And, and, the and then they match the word balloons yeah. and, the, and the text within it. The art is really cool and, and subtle at times, but this is a good, a good looking book. Mine is the total, the title pull on the salt blood beating through your heart. Mine is the silver madness that illuminates, but does not warm. Ugh. That's moon Knight, Yo moon Knight, It's like he's demonic in his brain. This dude is He's got some burden. He's going to snap. I feel like at some point in an in upcoming issue, something's going to go. He's, he's clearly containing this portion of his psyche right here. And at some point, this is going to crack. And he's going to, his, his well-composed button-down, like, therapy, the whole thing is going to snap and something's going to happen. I got a bad feeling. Come and worship. Hot damn comic fam. This is... Bad stuff. He, I, this, this guy's definitely not wanting to have tasted Moon Knight's DNA, his, his spit, you know? The Moon Knight taste, his sweat. Yeah, because he, yeah, like he, he, Moon Knight licked it and gave it to him and he touched it. He licked it, you know? It's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Okay. Don't so, exchange fluids. Yeah, don't exchange fluids. It's not. This is really a safe sex comic. Yeah, actually, you know, it's an uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Um, so what we're left with is the antagonist. I love this look for him, too. Just the suit. It's kind of like you're seeing two different versions of Moon Knight, which is awesome because Moon Knight has definitely different costumes. And look at the bottom of this. We see what happens when you get a peek inside the brain. (laughs) All he can say is moon, moon, moon. Yeah. I call that a damn good comic book, comic fam. Damn good. Scrambled his brains. Oh, hot damn. Put Moon Knight on your pull list. You will not be disappointed. I haven't been yet, and I look for disappointment every day. That's right, man. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, Ryan. Okay, now we're going to go to the next one here. Um, Let's just do time before time. Okay, so we now have a very... the, The one word to describe, time before time, Ryan, go. Confusing? You thought it was confusing. That's That's not the right word. All right, who wrote this? We have uh, Declan. Declan Shalvey and Shelby. Rory McConville. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a writing duo. Duo team up and artist Joe Palmer. I also want to give special credit. Do it. To colorist Chris Do O'Halloran. It. Chris freaking O'Halloran. Every single person should know who that is because every single person should be reading the masterpiece that is Ice Cream Man. Same colorist. Same colorist. Keep that in mind while we were flipping through some sample images from time before time and you might notice like I did. I also really like the letterer in this book, Hassan Atzmain Alao. I assume that's how you pronounce his last name. Sorry oh, if that's yeah. wrong. But he does 
really good work with the letters in this book. And I have been making a conscious effort to kind of try and dig deeper into comics that I'm reading and go beyond writing and penciling and appreciate the colorist and even the letterer sometimes when there's there's just so much. Go- it's a team effort, and there's there's always something to appreciate in comics, and that's kind of why I love them. This is a story about time travel, and it's wacky. There's not a, a whole lot that I want to describe for to the community because there's it's just a lot of fun. It's one of those situations where some comic books are just a work of art because it's just like literature translated to funny books. Yes. That make like it award winning and like important. Yeah, just you know, you have your Watchmen's, you know, you have your Dark Knight Returns. We have a book we're about to talk about on this list that is. It's good. It may may make our list, you know, among amongst those greats. We're going to get to it. This particular comic book is what makes comics fun. It's just wacky ideas. Some ideas that you may like kind of go, you know what? That doesn't make sense. Like, how would that work? And then the answer is comic books, comic books. Right. So we have that needs to be on the soundboard. Comic books. Just comic books. There we go. We have uh, a character, a lead character. His name is Tetsuo. Tetsuo. That's right. And he works for a company that specializes, or a group, I don't even know, it's a it's business. A, it's a crime family. Crime like syndicate. An organization. Yeah, they're called the syndicate, and they're just a, a, they're an organized crime group. But they're, they kind of specialize in, this book is invo- involves time travel, and I guess this illegal crime family operates by transporting objects and people from various time periods for money. That's right. So if you are, I mean, this is based in, Right now, 1987, but they traveled from the future because they're transporting this family to a different time and place. Right. And the first thing you see here is the kid going, hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? And he says, uh, kid, Wi-Fi isn't going to be invented for another 10 years. Ouch. Yeah. And then he gets the benefit of getting to leave, but this kid like blows up and he gets really mad with with his mom. I don't know if you got the next page on that. No, I did not get the next page. We're not going to spoil everything. They get in a fight. But, it's funny. But no, most of this takes place in the future in 2140. And this is a world where a lot of people don't want to be in. This is basically the present day of this book. If you can consider any time period in a time travel story present day, they do a lot of jumping around, but 2140 is kind of like the, the home time period. That's right. Can you zoom in on, the, on those letters right there for me? Which letters? Oh, oh right down here? No, no, no. The ones above. The blue oh. one. There we go. The, the, oh, right there. Yeah, yeah, Look yeah. At that. Yeah, this is something you're going to see. This letter work is so damn cool. It's like graffiti Solid. art. It's like in the world. Like, I, like those are three-dimensional letters right there. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And you're going to see that a lot throughout this comic book. Um, also, okay, you have Ice Cream Man because of the colorist. Okay, of course. You also got Mignola vibes. There's a lot. Like, I didn't catch that until you pointed it out, but duh. Like, obviously. Dude, this is... Look at these characters, man. Like, the negative space is is exactly what it needs to be. You know, there's not even detail on this person's face because it don't need it. And that's that's how you know you're dealing with an artist who knows what they're doing. So, this right here is funny. It's also very thought-provoking. Because what if you could travel to different parts of the timeline... Without affecting time. That's a whole thing right. about this where they just kind of breeze past. It's like, it doesn't matter, you know? That's, that's a huge sticking point in any time travel story. Like, well, you can't make sure, make sure you don't talk to anybody, otherwise you'll completely destroy the whole space-time continuum. Right. But they just breeze right past that in this comic, and they're like, you, everything's already happened. Don't worry about it. You, you're not that important. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, no, no, no. It's more about the ability to go through time. And we're talking about the character who his job is to make that a reality for people, whether it's 
good people trying to escape or bad people trying to es- escape as well. Escape, you know? Like the law, escape justice. Yeah, hey, you know, they're, they're trying to put me on all these I murder charges. This page here. These two guys that we just saw on the last page, uh, Tetsuo and his friend Oscar, are both workers for this crime syndicate, and they are pretty depressed. I mean, they live in a very, very bad time. Like, there's all this doom and gloom, all these newspaper articles you can see in the background. Global GDP expected to drop by 8%. There's all these homeless people around. Right. Hurricanes. Just a, it's just a bad time to live in. It's a bad world, and nobody's happy, and that's why there's so many people desperate to, like, escape into the past. So they kind of formulate a plan. That's right. They formulate a plan. They want to uh, jack one of these. They do one of the time machines and time escape machines. on their own, yeah. That's right. They want to get one of the time machines and go to a different place and see if they can get away with it, not be tracked, not be traced, and start a new life. And, yeah, our, our lead is like, eh, I'm not too sure about it, but... His friend's definitely trying to convince them. Now, they have jobs they have to do. They're constantly being told, you need to go into the future to do this. You got to go into the past to do this. And when doing so, we get to see, and I think it's probably my favorite part of the comic is that there's so much time travel happening. You'll be in one year at one point and then another year on the next page. And you're seeing different times within the world and what they're experiencing, what it looks like in the far future, what it looks like in the past. And pretty much the further you go, the worse it gets. Right. Yeah, there's a scene in this book where they go into like the 3000s and it's just like a green radiated wasteland and it, it's like, it's not good. So the friend and him, they're, they're looking, you know, well, let's just, let's give them a, a brief, brief rundown because I think this one right here is one that you really got to just jump on because it's such a good time. These two gentlemen want to get out, but one's not really sure. The one that wants to get out does one more job. But he gets trapped. He gets trapped goes, in the future. It goes sideways. Yeah, he gets like arrested. He gets drafted into some kind of war against bugs, like Starship Trooper status. And just like he ends up spending like his entire life trapped in the future. That's right. And we see this party. We're introduced to a party because he's arrived back. This all happens in like a couple pages. In our current day, this happens in one day. This is one day to one the day. next. Yeah. His, his best friend who's about to just like jump he's ship gone, with he's him. Gone, he's gone to do a quick job in the future. And then they come back. To this party, this homecoming party. And this party is for him coming back home. And unfortunately, this friend is an old man now. One day later, and he's just like dying in this wheelchair. That's right. So this this company, this crime syndicate, this right here is what they'll let their employees go through, essentially. They'll let them waste their entire lives. You know, you go, you get stuck on the wrong timeline. Eh, you know, it's really expensive to get you. So just, you know, try to fend for yourself. We'll get to you eventually. And unfortunately, this gentleman, they got to him really late. So yeah. this is what pushes our main protagonist over the edge. I got to get out this right here. I don't want to end up like my friend who yeah, wanted now, this more than I did. And now he can't come back with him. He, like he's, he's basically stuck on his own. So he just decides to like, screw it. I'm just going to steal one of these time machines by myself and make a go for it. So in trying to steal one of the time machines, this is what the time machines look like. They're, They're ugly. Cool. I kind of love that. They're just boxes. Yeah, they, they figured it out, you know, and this is an older model. There's different models of time machines. You're going to yeah. see them. Um, but in the quest to try and leave, he gets ambushed by an FBI agent. The FBI agent causes a fight out to occur. You know, this is something that they're not supposed to do. They're trying to steal this from some other nefarious individuals. And this is where you get to see our second lead character. And she has her own reasons for trying to go back in time as well. Now, because this fight has ensued, which, by the way, let's go right back to the word bubbles. Let's go right back to the sound effects. 
Oh, the, that's so Mignola right there, too. Those it, people. Oh, those it's figures. so Mignola, and also, I, I, I hope, I, mean, I don't know, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to give credit to the colorist here. I'm assuming he's the one who's deciding the color of the word bubbles, too, or the, or the text, Yeah, rather. Definitely makes a difference, because choosing this to be, uh, this is so Mignola. Look at this one panel. I love it, dude. That may be my, one of my biases here. I was going to tell you, Connor fam, anytime you got that Mignola channel, like, focused in, honing in, I can't help but love it. Okay, but because the fire, uh, the gunfire, and, and then the ruckus that's happening, stuff gets jumbled, and they get placed in who knows I think knows it's the future, where. yeah, but the, they, they do a really cool job of showing you throughout the book all these years, like 1987 at the beginning. You get used to the pattern. Like, you see a weird time. You, you get used to what year it is because they tell you. But here you're in a weird time, and it's like, mm. Where do they go? Something 63 is what it looks like. That's right, and it's because stuff went south and now they got to figure out where they're going to go. Are they going to be able to go back? Do they even want to go back? They really don't. But do they want to stay there? Comic fam, read this book time before time. It issue, is worth it every single drops book. this week too. So it's still relatively early on in the run. It's a, it's a really fun book from Image that I have liked for a while since the beginning. Okay. Now we've talked about this book because we have a friend of the show. Official, I'm going to say he's a friend of the show. At this point, yeah. I All didn't right. realize that he was until we got a Karmic Karma from him a few weeks ago. Porn Sack, this dude is freaking dope. Um, one of the best writers right now. Like, like, I only read this one book. I've only read this one book, but we have The Good Asian. Hot damn. What did I text you last night, Ryan? Yeah, you sent me several messages that were like, oh my God. I don't, I, let me look it up. I'll look Pull it up, up I man. I got my phone right here. I'll do Pull it up as long as it's not too... There's nothing sexual. Yeah, nothing sexual. Okay, if sexual is okay, just nothing vulgar. I text Ryan some weird stuff, comic fan. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I just get a little excited a little bit, you know, sometimes. Good Asian. Holy F. <laughs> masterpiece. Top tier writing. Mind blown emoji. These are all just, you know, separate messages. He can't, he can't just combine these all into one convenient message for me. No, 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 no. I had to do it. I actually did. I did that on purpose. I Didn't I do them like line by line? Yes. Yeah, mind blown, top tier writing. This right here deserves all the awards that are currently that it's currently being nominated for. And it is. It's. Uh, I I follow Pornsack on IG on IG on Instagram, and he's been sharing a lot. Like this book has been hitting a lot of top comics of the year lists, and rightfully so. All right. Um, we have uh, Pornsack. You you learn how to say his last name. Pornsack Pichichot. Pichichot. It's tough. Pornsack. I'm pretty sure I Pichichot. said it wrong too. I think I said it right. Um, and then the art. The art is by Alexander Tefingi. That's right. And um, first off, this writer worked at a comic book store. He said, he said it was like one of his first jobs. I saw an interview with him in it. And he really understands the need to work with LCSs, to have a pull list, to serve your customers in your community. Kind of the nitty gritty behind the scenes of how a comic will live or die. Man, a really great way to intro a creator for me. Is like, oh no, he's like, he's like, he knows the grind of the people who are actually making the comic books get into the hands of the people that he wants them to. All right, yeah. great first start. But then he makes this. This is um, something that he describes as a quote, Chinatown noir. That's really like, if, there, if you just ask for two words to describe this comic, that's perfect. Okay. This comic book is freaking brilliant. It's going to be hard to bear with all of the, uh, 
praise we are about to just dump all over this comic. I'm, I'm gonna, let's just dump all over this book, dude. Yes. Just clip that part out. Yeah. Dump all over it. <laughs> this right here is a book that every single person needs. Like, I'll go as far to say, like, there's some books you have to own, Comic Fam. Yeah. You could, some books that you need to own more than one copy because it will inevitably leave your library shelf. Because other people will borrow it. You're going to be like, oh, read this. And then you will be without it. And then you need it. You always, So this way, you may need to get more than one copy. I don't say that about every book. Watchmen is one of those books for me. Dark Knight Returns is one of those books for me. Stray Dogs was Stray another Dogs one. Stray Dogs is you another get, one. You get several copies. I'm getting Chew. several Nice House on the Lake trades. Oh, when yeah. That comes out. Chew is on that. Department of Truth yep. is on that. Um, I do Hellboy, of course, for me. Because I'm always recommending that. But this right here is... This is just a lesson in how to write a great comic book. Where how do we to begin? Plan. It's like, uh, do where do we first, begin? Do you have the first few pages? Yeah, like, can we go through the first page? Let's, Let's go through it. the first page because, Let's like, this it. right here. So, we're here. We're, right. we're talking about good Asian. Okay. Good Asian. Uh, Pornsack. Bravo. I'm going to give one more applause. Pornsack. Hot damn, dude. You made an amazing comic book. Okay. I've already recommended this to like six people, and it's been just a little over a day. All right. I'm just being serious, dude. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for you to read this. Okay. So um, I've been listening to Scott Snyder's Substack. Substack is a platform where a lot of creators are going to do like exclusive content. He's essentially doing a podcast over there. You pay a little money every month. You get access to it. It's a show about comic writing. Oh, like the masterclass thing he's yeah. doing kind of. Okay. So I've been listening to his masterclass. He did a whole like great tangent about how to start out a comic book. And I, you don't always need to do it in this way, but a lot of the greats do it. And even he does it. And he goes over like the importance of page one and how page one could be the setup for the entire narrative. You're kind of foreshadowing it. He used Dark Knight as a return. He even used his own Batman stories as a, as a example, um, specifically Court of Owls, Court of Owls and yeah. Death of the Family. So we have the first page of this. I read this. I literally had to put the comic down. I said to myself, Holy smokes, I have to fix my lighting. I have to reread the first page again. I have something special on my lap. This is important. This is a moment in comic book history. We Image, I'm going to pray to the image gods. Is that McFarlane? Is McFarlane right. one of You're the... You're buddy-buddy with him. I'm not buddy-buddy with McFarlane. You talked to him. I've never talked to briefly, him. Briefly, you've seen the conversation. We're not like... Buddy, buddies, just, Next you know. Next interview you do with Tom McFarlane, you should just slip in. Like, make a good Asian hardcover, please. We need a good Asian hardcover of this. We do. It's I will 10 make issues. A it's 10 issues. It's, it's almost done. Issue 7 just this, dropped last we week. We need it. We absolutely need it. Okay. First page. Um, being able to just kind of go over. Talk about lettering, though. Okay. Like, like that, okay. Those, yeah. Hit that me with font, this. Like, that, just the word 1936 right there. Just the specific art deco, like, font style just transports you exactly where you need to be. This right here tells you it's going to be a noir, a noir. This right here tells you the time, the place. Gold. Mention it. And boom, folks, forgive anything. Why are we talking about gold? We're talking about Golden Gate Bridge right there. 1936, San Francisco, Golden Gate Bridge. Take San Francisco, the Golden Gate City. People that get so distracted... By the golden, they for, they ignore it's a gate. Oh yes, that's when you, you have to like, sack. Yes, you have to like slow down and be <laughs> so like, good. this is gonna be like a heavy. Like, that is good. It's a gate. Like I never thought about it. It's a Golden Gate Bridge. Like I never debated like why that why you know, it has that name. But do you know why? No, because you're focused on the damn goal. Exactly, not the gate. 
And what are gates for? Exactly. Well, we're going to get to it. People get so distracted by the golden, they ignore the gate. What do we see? We see people in town. We see them driving, smoking a cigarette, maybe a, a couple waiting in line. Got to get to the show. Just Listen the to mood. music. You got all these trumpets, the streetcars, like the, the fashion, the hats that people have. It just throws you head first into 1936 right here. Which is it's joyful. I want to be there, yeah. right? You want to be there. They ignore why it's a gate because gates are built for peace of mind. We see even a boy right here in the corner. And what is he doing? He's shoe shine. He's working, yo. It's late, but you got to pay the bills. This dude's getting his shoes nice in the newspaper. They ignore why it's a gate because gates are built for peace of mind. People are cheering. All right. They're cheering and they're living it up. And what's on the newspaper? Germany declares mandatory draft to Hitler youth to keep things out so you never have to think. Oh, hot damn. What's the next page? You never have to think about what's trying to get in. Which really gets to the whole heart of this comic is a is a story about the immigrant experience. Like, and that's why one of the reasons I love it is because you really have a, a book that works on two different levels. It's a detective mystery featuring the first generation of Americans to come to age under the immigration ban of the Chinese, which would then later be extended to, I believe, Asians and Arabs as well. We follow one of the first Asian detectives in America whose primary job is to police his own people. Also, to deal with his own family struggles, yeah. but then his own internal struggles of having to balance both the responsibility of being a detective in a world that is struggling for people like himself in his own culture. Yeah, I just love like the duality of this book. Like It's half amazing detective noir story, which I love. I've like, that's the reason I pulled the trigger on Ru this Baker, book. you know, like, right. I love noir. I love detectives, the hard boiled. This is very much like a Humphrey Bogart kind of comic. Like this would have been like the Maltese Falcon or some kind of old school 1930s black and white detective story, which it very much works on that level. Even alone, that would have made this an awesome comic, but it has the underlying immigration, racism, it's got a lot of like social messages underneath, and the mixture of those two is, is why this book sings. It's about race, but it's not about race. Sure. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's so well done. The way that this comic is paced, the way that the panels... Look at this panel. Look at the barbed wire around this whole thing. Do you even notice right. the barbed wire? That's genius. It's every, there's so many genius moments in this comic book that I cannot... I cannot stress enough, Colin Fam. This is a book that is very important that came out that everyone needs to read. Um, we find our lead character in a. Excuse me. Well, how would you describe this? Because this is like the holding, the, the holding last shelters. Panel, the last right? page you were just looking at. Yeah, let's go over that. That's probably that's probably better. We should probably talk about that first. It's the immigration process. So when you're coming east from China to get into the west coast of America, this is an island off the coast of San Francisco. Right next to Alcatraz, actually. Yeah, where prison. they It's like Ellis Island, but on the West Coast. Like, for immigrants coming into the country to get, like, vetted and to get all your, your papers set up and everything, they do an extensive interview here. And then while they're checking everything out, you have to kind of wait on this island for a long time. Right. And that's what the next page is. It kind of shows you the conditions in this very real place. And the, the, the other thing I love about this comic is at the back of every issue, there's a couple-page essay about, like, some of the real-life historical stuff that he researched for this book. Oh, he had a historian consultant to make sure that these panels were accurate, that the way that these individuals spoke was correct, that this is all something that could be as 
spot on as you would expect if you were put in a time machine, just like in Time Before Time, and you're flashing back to 1930s. Sure. All right. And we find a character who is he kind of sticks out in this because um, they're like in these holding shelters, you know, vetting through Asian Americans, making sure that they're not going to cause any type of political problem. They're worried about spies and stuff like that right. at this time. And that's why they're doing these bans. They're worried about war breaking out. They're blaming them for the depression for the prior years of America. So it's all bad. But these individuals, they're thinking they're going to be stuck in this like holding pattern for just a couple of days. And these individuals are stuck in these horrendous situations, these tiny shelters for weeks and some months. Yeah. All right. They do a good job of the colors right here, too, of just making everything the same color. So everyone just kind of blends together. Oh, because to the police there, right. they're all the same. Exactly. It's subtle. Really? It's a subtle colorization there, but every, that's, every that's pretty much what it comes down to. God. Oh. Look at this. The next day. Okay. So in this holding shelter, we are introduced to one person who's in a suit. He was there for quite a while. He kind of right. gets roped in because they got to vet him, right? But he turns out to be a detective. He's also friends. They make a they make a point to mention that he's friends with a family of millionaires. That's right. And so the the higher ups at this I don't want to say detention center. That's not the right word. But the higher ups here kind of go like, "Oh, we didn't realize you had rich friends, so we're gonna you know fast track you." And he's he's kind of brought into the country. That's right. He's brought into the country because he is one of the first Asian American detectives, and we get introduced to him in one of the most epic ways. He's just accompanying other policemen as they're interrogating some individuals. They believe them to be criminals. And that's also part of this narrative is that there are criminals that they're having to manage. That's the, part of the reason why there's problems here. But also you have poverty and you have, you know, uh, unstable government that's kind of pushing individuals to make bad decisions as well. So right. it's, it's also very political, but it's really good. And we get introduced to our lead character. Edison we have Hark. Edison freaking Hark. And this dude is so damn cool. Just lurking in the shadows back here, just like eyeballing this whole scene. His partner is a big racist cop, yep. and they're like interrogating this family of Chinese immigrants. And Edison Hark is just back here in the shadows, lighting up a cigarette. Classic noir here, which I love. So, this guy, Edison, he has this like, I don't know, I compare it to like Sean from Psych, compare it to Adrian Monk. This dude can see what other people don't see. All right. He's got that detective eye, that that Bruce Wayne detective level of intrigue and being able to spot things no one else sees. And it, it, it goes from such a heavy setup in just a couple pages to like, oh, no, we're following a badass here. That's what I was saying before. It's like the combination of the immigrant story mixed with the we're getting thrown full force into the detective side of this story, which kind of bleeds into the entire series. There we go. This right here. Look at him. He's just sitting back, watching police officers do what they're going to do, being probably going too far, in, yeah. you know, in, in some cases here. And he's just chilling in the back, smoking a cigarette. Watching everything. And look at the squares. The squares there, that's, that's what he sees. He's focusing in on this plant here. He's focusing on what this person's got on his face. Comic fam, this right here. Is what good yeah, comics the, are about. Just, I love the art and the layouts and the colors. And like the book is pretty. Oh, even man. on a non, non-story level. This is a very, very good looking book. The color work does so much because like when you're flipping through this, like I'm not going to spoil too much more of this comic book for you, but there are pages here that are just straight up red. 
Why yeah. is it red? Because it's sexy. Right? Lust. They use colors to uh, accentuate the mood of the certain of the pages. It's green. It's soft green on this page. That's kind of like the flashback color they use, like a little flashback. Faded, faded green. It's just family, sorrow, um, you know, trying to grow, trying to deal with things. Negative mm. space. And for me, I, I love comic books, but I'm starting to get more and more tired of superhero stories. This right here is a nice mix of both to a degree, because it's not superhero. Got it. But this character does have a heightened sense of that observation. Of observation. So there is a not level like of Daredevil. Super. He's not Daredevil. No, 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 no. Like, this isn't a superpower, but he's just very observant. And they use these red squares to kind of draw our attention to the things he is noticing here. Like his partner. That's right. Once bought a fancy suit. Yeah, re just read this right here because this will happen so throughout the book. Well, right. There'll just be a bunch of dialogue, not dialogue, a bunch of text that will separate the panels with purpose. And I was going to hit you with some information. You don't really know why you're being hit with it, but you'll find out in a moment. I'm looking at his suit, custom made with a silk lining, but the fraying around the sleeves goes back years. Meanwhile, the deeply caked mustard stains on his lapel is recent. Why did a bull, a cop, Vain enough for a pricey suit, suddenly stop caring. Ooh, and then what, is you, what do you see here? You see the sleeves, you see the mustard stain. So it, 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 that just points it out. Like, he bought a good suit at one point, but eventually he stopped caring. And yep. just those three panels kind of draws you into this partner. And what he sees, all right? And there, here we go. We have some muck duck. Murder. Murder, yes. That's right. We have some murder. He is investigating things. His family's... Uh, history is trying to uncover some murder happened there as well. A missing persons case is wrapped up in all this. It's just a solid detective story. And if you have any interest in film noir or yeah, detective, detective movies, detective comics like this, this is, this is solid, especially if like me, you are getting a little tired of the overdone superhero genre. This right here is a great book. A in my opinion, some people, when they want to get into comics, the reason why they don't, I've had this experience so many times, they're like, I don't want to read something like superhero. Right. Give them something like this. This is honestly going to be on my uh, top 10 comics of the year. Should like, we I, do I one? I haven't, yeah. done, I haven't done my own ranking yet. I'll tell but... you, this has made my top 10 for sure this yeah. year. It may be two years, dude. Like this right here, this is something special, comic fam, and I can't stress it enough. Get this comic book. The historical accuracies alone are impressive in the back of this trade and the individual comic books you actually see breakdowns of the like the time that went into like the research the real world porn historical sex, basis porn sex said that he spent years prepping for this right and he has also another book the infidel that's a horror narrative that i cannot wait to get to i haven't read it yet it's about like a ghost in an apartment building that feeds off of like racism and xenophobia and stuff uh, and it's, yeah. got, it's got really cool art in there infidel's awesome okay this is what it's about, comic fam. Take a look. Get that. Uh, again, one more round of applause. It's special. It's a special it's book. Done. It's going to be done in a couple of months. There's only three issues left, so. All right. Now we're talking about the recount. We're giving you four. That's right. We got a lot of damn comic books four here. Four out of four today. Okay. This right here. Oh, it was called The Good Asian. It's called, what's it called? The Good Asian. Boom. Ooh. Damn good is what it is. Okay. Um, we have the recount. All right. And let me pull up my notes for this one. Jonathan Hendrick, of course. But who else do we got on this? Illustrator Gabriel Abara Nunes. Um, the recount is a realistic action thriller. I would call it a political thriller. If you could even reverse those words with it making sense. 
It's definitely more thriller than political, like a thriller politic. That, that, that doesn't make sense. That's not a good sentence. But like there's definitely it's definitely leans heavier on the thriller side than the, the politics. We'll get into it. Yeah, let's get into this, man, because this right here was one of the breakout hits of Scout Comics, which is one of the best independent comic book companies coming out right now. I think it's my favorite Scout book they've ever done. I this think. would be in my top five of favorite scout books for sure. Yeah, we're doing all kinds of lists today, guys. I know, man. This is comic fans what they come here for. All right, so we have the recount. This right here, we actually talked about briefly a bunch of times because this book has made it on multiple hot lists. Also, this book, um, we debuted the ash can for the mail call. Right. Um, back back when we were starting to work out with work with Scout, they would hook us up with a bunch of ash cans because they would do a low print of them and they wanted the comic fam to get some of the first copies of it. So didn't, we sent out like 50 or 60 of them. Didn't we just do a variant for this book too? We did just do a variant for this book. Um, we the did Scarface homage? Yes, yeah, so we did the Scarface homage. It was uh, Brian Silverbacks. They only did a trade dress. We took the virgins to print okay. and some altered versions. They'd be selling pretty damn well, by the way. They're hitting like 50, 60 bucks, some of these editions. The box is $34.99, comic fam. That's just saying. Hey, I'm just saying, I got to toot my own horn sometimes because I'm working hard making just some sometimes. exclusives. I don't toot them that much. We have one of the best comic book podcasts in the world. What's going on? I said that. Is this based on a video game? No. Uh, no, no, no. No, Joffrey. Not, no video game. No video game here, no. This Which is actually based off of... It looks like a Call of Duty cover or something right here. This looks like a video game. Um, if you are into things like The Purge, I think you're going to really enjoy this. Tom spent like a half hour out here. The reason this show is so late today is because he gave me a detailed breakdown of the entire Purge series. Which I, dude, I love The Purge now. I just finally watched the first one a while ago. It was good. It was really good. I'm going to watch the rest of them, I guess. But You have to watch all of The Purge. Yeah. Like all the shows, like all the movies, because there's multiple ones. And then you have to watch the two seasons that they did because they're so damn good. But anyways, the <laughs> recount, what the recount does so well. I think there's only four issues. Yeah, so far. Right, only four back. issues. Okay. What's really cool about the recount is that some comic books, they have to do, they have to make a decision of how much exposition and how much explaining they're going to do. Do they do it in just one comic? Do they do it in a couple pages? Do they do it over the course of like four comic books or one trade or two trades? The recount strikes a really good, like, it, it hits it just right is what I'm trying to say. In four issues, it takes place in, I believe, like a couple days, if that. Yeah, it's a quick, it's a quick comic in terms of like time elapsed during the story. It's about an event. It's about a civil war. Yeah, this is going to be a, a weird one to, to kind of explain for you guys. Let's get into it. And just a boquito. You want to let Butch in here? I'll let Butch Let in. Butch in here. We got the comic gato in the house. Let's do this. Hi, Butch. Let's do it. We got... Talk about politics with us. Yeah, we're going to talk about politics. But you know what? That's actually one of the things that this comic book does really well is that... Okay, let's get into the narrative and then why we think this is a cool book for everyone. Yeah, it okay. does. It, it works. It manages to kind of like straddle. That's right. So we have an introduction with... Oh my God, <laughs> this cat is pissed at us for leaving him out. We locked him out and he's yelling. Here, come on. Come here, everybody. Go see Tom. Come on up. Come on. Is this All the right. first page of the book? This is the first page. We have a gentleman who's getting harassed. Someone who is being abducted. Okay. That's the, the, the basic thing here is because this gentleman is going to be recruited to assassinate the president. Okay. That's pretty yeah. much the important part. I don't want to show you too much of this. I may have even gotten a couple too many pictures. This book, it's so quick. There's not a whole lot to discuss. But what I will say is that this president, he's done some bad things and he's resigning. And in the process of resigning, 
he gets muck ducked. One of his own Secret Service agents on stage pulls a gun and kills him in the middle of this resignation speech that he's giving. And it's cool that you pointed this out to me, too, that I, I obviously read the book, but I didn't make the connection that, like, you never really hear what he did. He did something guilty enough to make him resign being the president, but it sidesteps a touchy kind of political quagmire by not even addressing that at all, which would probably potentially turn a lot of people off on one side or the other. Readers. This is about a political uprising where one side of the civilians decide to attack and take over the country by not just killing the political leaders, but anyone who supported the regime, including those who voted and supported them on social media. Yeah, that's the frightening element of it, too. Like, one of the scenes that stuck with me the most is this family, like, kind of watching this news broadcast and then looking on their side table and they have, like, a, a campaign hat from the president on there and they clearly were supporters of this guy. That's all it takes. And they look at each other and they realize, like, you know, we, we're, we're in trouble. This all happens very quickly and this is essentially, like, a mix of Fight Club and The Purge to a degree because this community of individuals is quite large. They have been growing the community of individuals who are going to go against the regime. And what you find out is that there is no one that you can trust in this comic book. And that right there is what makes it so unsettling every single page. Yeah. Every person you're questioning whether they are good or bad. Secret service agents are infiltrating again. This is that fight club vibe. Yeah, you don't know who to trust, and your Secret Service is supposed to be, like, you know, the most, the last line of defense, you know, the most dependable, trustworthy people to protect, you know, all the important politicians and all that, but there's some holes in that organization, some leaks, if you will. So, what Recount does very well is that regardless of, I mean, because, like, whenever you get into, like, political comic books, I think, okay, this is what the Recount does really well. Let me see here. Maybe they can do this right. So a lot of people get upset with the major publishers and how they handle politics in their books. Yes, what do you say? I would agree. Two on the nose is probably the best way to put People it. People get upset and it's not necessarily right or wrong. I just think they get upset more with the way it was handled. Absolutely. That's a very astute way to describe it. What the recount does is able to communicate political unrest without rattling either side because it puts out an idea that is not specific to a particular belief it is more about government bad, this is what happens, and there are two sides. It doesn't matter which side, this is what's happening. They don't even define the sides, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't say, like, the Democrat president, or, you know, it doesn't get into labels like that. Not at all. And the really scary part is what, is what tied this into the purge for you earlier when we were talking about it. Um, I think if this is basically a civil war uprising that people... People are just deciding to take out supporters of this president. And I had the realization that, like, there would obviously be some just outright lunatics who use this opportunity to actually do more like a purge thing. And not, or, you know, I'm not going to only kill guys who voted for the president. I'm just going to kill whoever I want just because I want to kill people and get away with it because everyone's going to be all distracted. Yeah, it's like, what, hap what are the ramifications in a world where this is now happening? Who's going to take advantage of it? Who are really going to do it for the political reasons and for the, you know... The, the civilization they're fighting for, but and also who are going to do it for these just ob ob obtuse reasons as well, um, just to, you know, carry acts of violence out. Um, this right here is what it's about. 
we have a full takeover, almost like uh, anonymous style. They take yeah, over they the like television. The news, you know, and the fact that the president was executed as he was resigning means something major. It means that the government themselves, that's being you know attempted for this takeover, being attempted to be taken over, they were in some bad stuff. He's right. resigning. This is like some Nixon esque type of thing. So high tension, high risk, violent. This is what happens during a civil war when everybody is at risk. And I, let's just leave it at that. It's four issues. It's a quick read and it's damn good. It is extremely tense and uncomfortable in a really good way. I had fun with this comic. It's, it's, it might not be for everybody. And I actually was reminded of Reggie Collects. You got that book coming out that I think you and I are both going to be featured in. It's going to be, I think, my first published anything, by the way, which is exciting. But I wrote an article in there about comics as escapism and how some people are kind of grumpy that comics are being influenced too much by real-world events and real-world story elements like The Recount and The Good Asian. But I made the point that, like, a thriving comic ecosystem needs as many different elements as it can have. And right. me personally... I like I like a little bit of a real world flavor in my stories. I almost need it, man. Yeah, I think it's 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 hugely important, and it's what comics have been doing since their inception. Like, and since I think the you beginning. can have you can have a real comic like the Recount, and you can also have a totally insane something like Saga or something that has zero basis in reality, but is still awesome. Yeah, there's room for both. That's right. Comic fam. Also, one other thing to mention, which we're going to get into next, because oh my gosh, it's that time of the show today. <laughs> we're talking news. Nuggets. Nuggets news, and nu- news. News, nuggets. Scrambled that one up. I know, he messed it up. Try one more time. News, nuggets. Nuggets of news. News, nuggets. Nuggets of news. News, nuggets. How do you go that deep? <laughs> Try it again. News, nuggets. Nuggets of news. There it is. Comic fan. That's the one. This is the time of the show where we go through one of our favorite parts of the Key Collector app, the best comic book application in existence. This right here is the new Overstreet. This right here is your new price guide. This is actually price guidance, however, because it's going to give you the tips and tricks on how to do what you need to do when you're on the hunt. It's going to keep you updated on everything comic books, news, as well as stories. You know what? If you're like Ryan, and you're not really into spec, it don't matter because you know what you, can, what you actually find on there is like reading order. Yeah. Have you ever tried to start reading some damn comic books? Sometimes it's like, I want to start reading Batman, but where do you begin? I want to start reading, you know, insert, oh, dude, Star Wars. There's a whole breakdown of the Star Wars line in order. You know how much time it takes to put that together? Yeah, Key Collector Comics is doing it for you. You have reading orders, price guidance, um, categories after categories of organized Key moments in comic books, spec is in there, investment in the, is in there, uh, market analysis is in there. And if you use code TOM101, you unlock a free two-week subscription of the app, and it's going to give you access to a handful of categories. The majority of the app is free, but there are a handful of categories that are designed to legit help you up your comic game, investment, spec, the stuff that if you do right, you can make money. You can upgrade your collection. You can do things in the, in the space. Those are the things that unlock. And you also get key alerts. Key alerts 
are the breaking news that's actually sometimes being broken by Key Collector Comics that alerts you about what's going on and the comics that follow, the comics that become of interest. And this is the part of the show we're going to talk about some of those key alerts, our favorite ones for the last couple weeks. Hit the subscribe, slap the like, and let's chat about this because we just got done talking about this comic book. Scout Comics press release, The Recount, November 29th, made the trending 10. Peter Landsman from Kill the Messenger, Parkland, slated to write and direct for a feature film produced by former Sony executive Jonathan Caden and Motor Films. The recount is coming, at least, getting the option status. It's been optioned for a while, right? Rumors. Okay. A lot of rumors. But here's the thing. The reason why this book was on radar to begin with was because it was so good. There's a lot of members of the community who were just like, oh, this one right here is special, and now it's coming to a reality where it's going to be on screen, possibly. That's not necessarily a book we want to actually come to reality. It's a cautionary tale, if you oh, will. Oh, yeah, there you go, there you go. But yeah. A I, film version of it, you know, a nice it, fictional movie of that would be would be better. Dude, this could be, a, this could be a film and it could be a show, and that's why we were kind of... This is where Tom went off on like a half-hour Purge tangent with me out there. It's so creative, yo. Like, there's, there's something special about Purge, yo. It's just like this whole world that they create with this... Weird political divide in, in a government of just just nonsense behavior. This right here has that same potential. I really believe in this story, this run. There's an ash can. Dude, the ash can's hitting $80 average sales. Really? And we just gave them out in the mail call. Yeah, we sent out like over 50 of them. That's pretty cool. That may be the most expensive ash can that I've seen that we have like reported on. That's interesting. I, I, I didn't notice that until this moment. But yes, the recount issue number one is saying $35 sales. And make sure to take a look at the app at the different variant comics because you can pull up the recount and then underneath the title, you're going to see variants of each issue. You click that button, you can see all the variants that are associated with it. Kick him off, dude. He's buying you. Comic fan, Butch is a little irritated with me because I've been working pretty hard. We, we did Emerald City, so I was gone a little bit. Poor little butch. He's going nuts, though, man. He He's like biting out. you and stuff. All right, next key alert that's worth chatting about, in our opinion. Shang-Chi sequel confirmed. Deadline confirms Marvel has secured filmmaker Destin Daniel Crenton, writer-director of the first Shang-Chi film, to a multi-year overall deal, which includes a sequel to Shang-Chi. And everyone rejoices because Shang-Chi was so damn good. The interesting thing to me here, which I didn't catch before when we went over this, a multi-year overall deal, which includes a sequel to Shang-Chi, implying that there is other stuff in the mix for this creator apart from just Shang-Chi 2. That's right. Electric Boogaloo or whatever they're going to call it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're getting more Shang-Chi. And the movie was so good that clearly the actor is getting more than one film that he's going to be able to direct. And that is good news to me. Good news to me. Okay, let's make it happen. Batman spinoff. 12-6 announcement, key issue alert. The that Penguin, starring Colin Farrell, is set for a TV series on HBO Max, in addition to the already announced Gotham City PD TV show. Okay, so that means that this Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson movie that's coming. You need to read Batman the Imposter. We I talked, do. We talked about this earlier. Oh, I'm hearing such good things about the Imposter, man. I love that comic. It's uh, my favorite Batman story I've read in a very long time. Okay, we're going to have to add that to the list. Comic if you want to see us read Batman the Imposter in real time, page by page. It'll be about an hour, eh, half hour? How, how long will it take? 45 minute video, maybe, of us just sitting here in quiet going, <laughs> oh, Batman. Well, hit the like, hit the subscribe button, but we'll probably more likely bring it to the mic and do a review on it. Um, 
What promise does this mean for the Batman film? If this was a a bad movie, if this was going to be a terrible stinker of a film, they wouldn't have already greenlit two spinoff series. Two spinoff series. The movie's not even out. This right here means that we are in for a damn good Batman noir. Yeah. And if you read Batman the Imposter, which is actually written by the screenwriter of the upcoming movie, you get a real sense of what that movie is probably going to feel like. And it's it's gonna it, it definitely feels a lot more akin to like the Joker film in that sort of gritty, like dark, real version, more so than anything like Christopher Nolan or Joel Schumacher did. Interesting, interesting. Well, we're actually going to see Colin Farrell not just appear in that movie, but a possible spinoff series already in development. So, Colin Farrell, did you see him as the Penguin in the preview? I, I didn't even know that was him. Unrecognizable. Like, I knew he was going to play the Penguin, and then like you had to freeze frame it and look at it, and you still can't tell. Like, not even a, a little solid bit, Solid makeup job. Solid makeup job, Colin Farrell. It sounds like he's going to survive, or maybe we're going to see a backstory, but I'm excited. He's probably going to, from what it sounds like, is that we're going to see the Riddler and the Penguin kind of in their origin story. Okay. This is getting me like year one vibes. I'm all for it. All right. Key issue alert. Phi Lavelle, 12-7. Hot damn comic fam. Key collector needs to get some kudos. And if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to be the one to do it. <laughs> Key collector comics. I got a little story. A little story time, okay? I remember back when Peacemaker became something of spec note. We heard rumors that we were going to see Peacemaker. Then we heard rumors about John Cena getting involved. Got confirmed. But then for over a month, the Suicide Squad spec was so real. There's no way that they're going to bring us the Peacemaker from like the OG comic book. It's too weird. It's too silly. We're not going to see John Cena in the helmet. It's going to be absurd. So naturally, people started specking on the modern Peacemaker. I think there was almost as much spec on the modern Peacemaker as there was the OG Peacemaker. And then there was a key alert that came out. I remember when it happened. I went to my phone. I called up Nick. Nick from Key Collector Comics. Nick Colonese, shout out, my brother. I love you. And I said, Nick, is this, like, for real? This is for real. Like, you sent this out. The alert said, confirmed, it's going to be original Peacemaker. It's happening. Peacemaker, for sure. Silly Peacemaker will happen. And I still was in disbelief. It didn't make sense. And then it happened. We saw the trailer. We saw the teaser. We saw DC fandom is what we did. My jaw dropped. I went on the mic on that trending video and said, Key Collector saying that an inside source has confirmed that it's going to be original Peacemaker. Weeks before Deadline, weeks before Variety, weeks before DC Fandom, and he was right. The source was good. Comic fam, two weeks before the Warlock spec landed and went on Variety and Deadline, before Will Poulter was confirmed to take on the role that we're going to see in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I went on the mic and said, key collector inside sources say that we'll put that didn't, we didn't know the actor at the time that Warlock was coming into the M was coming to the MCU. It was happening. It's going to happen. Guardians of the Galaxy three, hold tight, get your Warlock, get him, get your cocoon keys, get your Marvel premiere one ready. 
Get all your warlock goodness. Soul jam it up. High evolutionary, where are you at? Hit the mic, Tom. Key collector is saying, it's happening. And I went on the mic and said it. And two weeks later, confirmed, announced. Key collector did it again. This app is not getting the credit it deserves. Calling spec before the mainstream. Do you understand, Ryan, how insane that is? That we have spec happening. Confirmations happening from inside sources that are not hitting the mainstream. It's hitting the comic collecting community first because of this app. That's true. That is incredible. That's what it is. It's true and it's incredible. And now we have another. Phylavel, the same source that informed us Adam Warlock is confirmed for Guardians 3 prior to an official announcement, now tells us that Phylavel will appear as speculated in Guardians and beyond. It's boosted this book up. Her first appearance is boosted up. This right here matters. Comic fam, you need to be following key alerts. And when something like this happens, we got to give credit to where it deserves because there is no site that has had this type of track record time and time again for not just like, oh, it's the Spawn movie may be happening again for the 20th time. Like we're not talking about that kind of level of spec. We're talking James Gunn spec. Inside source means James Gunn spec. This is important. We got to point it out. Kudos to Key Collector Comics. And congratulations to Brian Michael Bendis because apparently Naomi is getting similar treatment to the Matt Reeves Batman film Season one must be so damn good that it's already announced a second season for the CW series. That means they have faith in it, because what if this show comes out and nobody watches it? You know, it's got to be so good in their mind that it deserves a second season, regardless of any sort of like audience, you know, participation or engagement. That's what it means. Yeah, that's what it means. And I, I love Naomi, man. We've been talking about Naomi ever since it came out. But like it's six issues. It's it's quick. It's small scale. There's no like epic scope really. It's about a girl discovering you know her adoptive parents and her identity and it's just, it's just a good story and it's gonna fit very well in the CW. Absolutely. Last but not least, this is kind of just a fun little added thing. Wasn't key collector uh, specific. This right here is Draculina. We talked about the this last time. Yeah, Draculina. just last time. Um, Draculina on the show. Um, this is the first cover that I've seen. From Dynamite Comics, they're taking Draculina from the pages of Amparella, the sister of Amparella. And interestingly enough, this is a character that really hasn't been seen all that much, certainly hasn't gotten her own time, like your own solo series in comics since the debut in like when, when was it? Like the 60s, the freaking 50s? Like it's been a while. Yeah. So I saw this and I'm like, you know what? I got to make sure to like showcase this because first off, Dynamite's awesome. Second off, this is a great opportunity to be introduced to a brand new character character in the Vampirella universe and she'd be looking sexy all right comic fam i wonder how much use the soundboard would get without the without the claps and the booms you know um i've been warning the community the fact that i only have a handful of them right now you should be grateful i have a new soundboard there's I just gotta like figure out eight whole buttons on that thing man yeah. when's the last time frank reynolds got played you don't even know which button this it is. This is trash. <laughs> I guess that's why. I remember. Because it's trash. I have a new soundboard that has 36 different buttons. 36 different booms. All different booms. That's what you're going to be getting. Comic fam, this is what it's about. We're talking about comic books. We are now going to be hitting you with the last part of the show. We have not $10 keys. Not $10. That's the title? Not $10 keys. No, no, it's called. It's snappy. 
twenty dollar keys. Whoa, I didn't even, oh my goodness! Over on Key Collector Comics, there's a category. It's blown right now. They have 10, 20, 50, 100. They have different different categories. What I did is I scrubbed tirelessly through so many different comic books that appealed to me. That if I saw for twenty bucks right now, if I hit the if I hit the store, my LCS, and I saw this book for twenty bucks in high grade, I'd be grabbing it. So I figured, let's make a list of them. 10 books that are 20 bucks, key comic books that I am interested in, and I think you should be too. And comic fam, we got Fire Guy Ryan in the house. Let's Ryan make it happen. The fire. I am here. Use the Kotam 101 on Key Collector Comics. Unlock the entire app. Keep up on your spec. Take a look at the category. And let's talk about some great, affordable key books that you should be considering right now because Venom First Host is on it. We have the first appearance of the sleeper. Okay, let's look at what Key Collector says here. This right here is the first appearance of Sleeper, the result of Eddie Brock bonding with the infant symbiote. Okay, we've talked about this book before plenty of times. Um, we had the first host that was needing Venom for some ne nefarious tasks. And his plan was to retrieve Venom because they essentially had a connection from long ago. Um, Talkar is his name. And... He is threatening the infant symbiote that was just created. And the way that Eddie saves the infant is by trading the Venom symbiote for it. So because he loses Venom, which is a terrible situation, he now has the infant symbiote, Sleeper. And what's Sleeper doing right now? Right now, currently? Yeah. Hanging out with Dylan? That's right. Major, like, side character. He's, he's still in the mix in the current Venom book. So. That's right. You know, Al Ewing on Venom right now. But this book is down. And I suspect that this book is down because Donny Case left Venom. Dylan and, and this whole Venom narrative is changed hands of writers. So we're only like one, two issues in. Two issues in. Two issues Great. in now. I need to read issue number two. Issue one was solid, you know. I, I like it. I miss Kate's on it, to be honest. I do uh, miss Kate's. I hate saying that, but. He's on, you know. he's, on, he's on Hulk. He's on Hulk, though. Right. Which is also pretty cool. But then, you know what? I miss Al Ewing on Hulk. Ah! But yeah, well, Ron V is also ah! on Venom. You can't, you can't forget Ron V. The emotions, comic fan. He's forgetting Ron V. It's okay. I know, Ron V, man. Dude, I love two writers on Venom. It's pretty fun. I'm it's, enjoying it. Yeah, we get like two narratives. It's okay. I, I'm in it. That's why you got to read issue two, Transitional man. They period. They focus on one of them. This is not what it's about. We we're talking about Venom First Host 3, which is down in price. It's, a, it's the sleeper key. And... It's a character that's still in the Venom narrative that could be utilized again. And you know, if you're ever interested in getting this comic book, now may be one of the better times because on the downtrend, that's it's what that red hit. arrow means over there. It is on the way down. That's right. But it, you know, like how far down is it going to go? It's not going to go down that far. So if you're interested in getting it for the PC, great opportunity. If you're getting it for spec, great opportunity. Not a lot of attention on the book. People are focusing on all these other things. You know, we're, we're watching Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, where you at? So no one's looking at sleeper. Don't let it be a sleeper. Let's keep it going. Don't sleep on. Oh, sleeper. what a freaking transition that was! Hot damn! All right, Moon Knight one eighty eight. We got the Sun King, the Avatar of Ra. We have Moon Knight spec that is still affordable. What? It's twenty twenty one, almost twenty twenty two. What did I just say? Rewind it. If I had the soundboard, I would do a rewind. Moon Knight spec that is still affordable. What? Mm -hmm. Doesn't even make sense. Let's see what Key Collector has to say about it. We have. Moon Knight 188, the first appearance of Sun King, the Avatar of Ra. A leaked image of Ethan Hawke on set appears similar to the character, but the jumpsuit could be concealing clothing. That would be a hint at the character's identity. Dracula, Randall Spector are also favored speculative options for the Hawk for the for Hawk's role. Hawkeye on the noggin. So Ethan Hawke is going to be in Moon Knight, which in in and of itself is 
Something I didn't know. Oh, you know what else? Ethan Hawke is in? The Purge? He's in The Purge, yo. It's first, it's like Full we circle. This whole thing. It's all connected. Ancient aliens. Comic fam. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so Why did we talk? Never mind. Oh, uh, yeah. It was about Eternals. We're talking about Eternals. All right, okay. yeah, yeah. So Moon Knight 188, $20. It's still on the, hot, on, on the rise, but this is something that keeps on coming back on spec radar because we don't know who Ethan Hawke's going to be. However, what we do know is that he's going to be a villain, and I'm hoping that he's going to be a character that's going to be more akin to an anti-hero a villain turning into a kind of riding the fence type of villain because I don't want Ethan Hawke to just come in and get killed. Right, like a like a Michael B. Jordan, like show up for one movie, do really well, and then die at the end. No, and, no, no. And Put him it. in the in the pit, bring him back, you know, kind of thing. Hmm. So um, this right here is a character who is essentially Moon Knight, but a little bit more disturbed. Pyro, pyro telekinesis, like pyrokinesis, power, fire powers. Yeah, he can generate flames. He burns people up. He also has mental problems, and he worships the sun god. Very similar to Mark Spector. So that's why it's kind of like ah, it seems like this actually really could be a thing. A little fitting. And when you look at Ethan Hawke in the picture, he's got like a beard and the long hair, same as the sun god. So anyways, as a, a sun king, rather. Could be him. I don't know. But 20 bucks seems could like play a good... Mephisto. Could be Mephisto. Okay, we have a one in 25. You want to know how a book That's is... Cool. This is how you know a book is on the rise for spec. You look at the variants and see what they're going for. The one in 25 is hitting $125 average highs. Hot damn, comic fam. Variant by Daniel Warren Johnson. And I got to point out the second print because it's so damn sexy. Did I put it in here? I didn't. There is a second print of this book. Ah, I apologize, comic fam. Just show the phone on the camera. That'll work. It is the, uh, it's an homage (laughs) to Moon Knight uh, on the Bill S. run. And I didn't grab it. Drop the ball. Uh, I dropped the, the whole, ball. The whole, the whole thing, thing. We should want to start restart the whole podcast. Let's just restart. Ah, better yet, just pull up Key Collector Comics and check it out yourself. Okay, <laughs> next one. So that's number nine. Um, number eight on our list. We have Marvel Secret Wars issue number seven. Now, Weird. whenever you get a chance to talk about a book from this run that's not number eight, that's spec worthy, you gotta bring it up because everyone's after eight. But why are we talking about number seven? It's because of the double key. Okay. What happens First. when I say double? When I say double key, you're supposed to also do like the double key. So when it's because it's a double key. double key, there it is, double key. That's good. Double key. All right. So we have Marvel Superhero Secret Wars Seven, um, Part Seven of Secret Wars. A full appearance. First full appearance of Spider Woman, Julia Carpenter. It's also the first battle between She-Hulk and Titania. Now we know Titania is slated for She-Hulk, and I think this is going to be the surprise hit. A lot of people weren't hyped. About a boot, Hawkeye. Hawkeye has now become my favorite Disney show, Disney Plus show. For to real? Date. I haven't. I've only seen the first episode, so I'm, I'm behind. But it's fine. The first one's good. It gets better. I'm sure it does. It gets so damn good. I'm probably gonna go do that after I'm done here. Echo, dude. They basically redid the whole Echo origin straight, straight from the gallery of David Mack. Sold. It is so damn good. Okay, so this right here, 20 bucks. It's kind of on the rise, but this book is low-key ignored because everyone's after eight. Double key status, double key. Double key. And we have an affordable book that has She-Hulk spec. Don't sleep on it. Let's keep it rolling. We have, what is this? 10, 9, 8, number seven on the list, Alpha Flight 51, Jim Lee on the interiors at Marvel for the first time. $20 average sales, an Alpha Flight book that no one talks about, no one knows about, really. First full issue with interior artwork by Jim Lee at Marvel Comics. This right here is 
in my opinion, criminally undervalued in this market. Everyone's after like X-Men 1. I get it. It's cool. Did he do the cover for this book? Maybe that's why people are slipping people's mind because it's not on the front. I don't know. No, it's just interior. This yeah. isn't Jim, that's not Jim Lee on the cover. I could be wrong. First full interior Jim Lee Marvel yeah. book. Yeah, I think it's just $20. It's stupid. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. It doesn't make sense. Well, it's, it's Jim Lee. So people kind of are turned off by that, and it's issue 51. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy one to just pick up and read 51 issues into a run. So. That's right. It's affordable. This is one you got to keep on your hunt list. This is one that I imagine one of these days, maybe it's tomorrow, Maybe it's the next day. Maybe it's a year from now. Maybe it's 10 years from now, but there's going to be people going, wait a minute. Jim Lee did his first interior at Marvel on Alpha Flight 51. 9-8? Hmm. Yeah, I'll pay $300 hmm. for it. I, I can see that happening. Absolutely. You see how much people pay for original Jim Lee artwork? And it's like, dude, I saw, I saw some like stuff that, oh man, I don't want to get into it. I'm, I'm seeing like the, like the CGC private signings and the, some of the sketches that people are paying for. And to each their own, I think it's awesome. However, some people are getting like, there's not like hundreds of dollars on a sketch. It's like on a white comic, like a full blank sketch comic. One of one, Tom. It's like this big. It's like a little head like this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. If it was like Mignola, I would pay that too. So like to each their own. However, Jim Lee, ooh, gets expensive. Yeah. How is Alpha Flight 51 only $20 and high grade? This X-Men, is exactly if, the you're kind an of X, book. if you're an X-Men fan, you need that a 9.8. Right, this is the book I would just flip right past if I was flipping through a bin. Okay. That's a mistake. Now, I've already told you about my love for (laughs) Ant-Man. All right. Bueller gave me this book. Yeah, you got this book from the Bubes, man. The Bubes sent me, I think it was like one of those, it was a mystery box he did or something, and he popped this one in there, and I I didn't know what it was, I think, and I just immediately used it as like a giveaway or karma or something. Because it spiked because of Ant-Man 2. Yeah, he got a little, very little nice salty man. with me. So, <laughs> I love you, Bueller. We love Bueller, man. Iron Man 219, first appearance of Ghost. Um, confirm, uh, is it all but confirmed? Let's, let's take a look at Key Collector. Ghost may be reprised in Quantum Mania as teased by the actress in an interview about her upcoming Resident Evil role. Yeah, because she's going to be playing Jill freaking Valentine. Oh, yeah, we're getting a whole like remake of Resident Evil that may be closer to like the horror roots that it once was like Silent Hill-esque horror. Oh, that's what I want. And I skipped those movies. Jill Valentine. This actress may actually like blow up and then people will be looking at her again. You know what? Yelena Belova. Midsommar. 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 May queen. The May queen. My queen. My May queen. Oh, Hot What's that got to do with it? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just, just, just say, like, about Midsommar. I, if I can just bring up Ari Aster, I'm going to do it. brought it, it up at our, our holiday <laughs> dinner the other day, too. My mom did not like that movie. I was I, on the very other end of the table. It was a long table. Uh, Ryan's like, I'm hearing Tom talk about Hereditary. Yeah, and he's Tom, like, like, gets up, walks to the other end. What are we talking about? Yeah, let's let's talk about Hereditary, guys. Uh, it's a I'm great time. All right, anyways. It's a good night. 20 bucks. Villain that is all but confirmed for another rendition. Another reprisal of the role, rather. And she was very, like, this is not a whole lot of screen time in Ant-Man 2. So I think there's going to be more to this character in more than one movie. Any villain that's confirmed for a show hitting $20 for the first appearance, is that's underpriced. It's undervalued. Whether you liked it or not, whether you think it's going to be a huge moneymaker or investment book, it doesn't matter. We just showed you spec potential on a modern Moon Knight book that has literally in the own 
analysis of key collector saying there could be three other things, maybe four other things, but this one goes for 20 bucks. We have a OG book, Iron Man 219. Awesome. On the cover, mind you, appearance and on the interior, the ghost is named on the cover as well, going for 20 bucks. And it's, she's already made an appearance in the show, in the movie. She didn't die, right? No, no, no. I don't remember. No, she, I don't remember that movie as well as you. She, do, she did not apparently. die. No, no, no. But they did give her kind of like a nice redemptive arc by the end. She wasn't like an outright villain in that movie. Next book cool. on the list, we got another minor, but still double key, double key, there double key icon. This right here would be so damn cool if it happens. I don't know if it will. It's kind of a strange superhero story but i like icon i like milestone blood syndicate come on this right here is where it's at and in this comic book we have the first appearance of icon really cool superhero dude long history underrated we also have word of rumors circulating that a project is in development so not just that what what am i sitting next to over here ryan Static? Static number one, yo. What? Static number one, it. McDuffie. There it, is. it says it right there on the label. McDuffie. Yeah, it's Naomi's last name. Dennis Cowan, come probably, on. Probably intentional. This is what it's about, yo. I got a newsstand copy of Static. What's up? I have not read any Milestone book. Oh, you need to. You do. They're fun, man. It's 90s. It's right? but, it, but it's good 90s. Okay. Like this right here is like, there had to be something you wish Rob 90s. Liefeld can do comic books like these guys did. Uh, do I? Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, man. I just, yeah. Because you don't like Rob. So like, this yeah. is, this is like, this is the closest thing you're going to get to like, it's a little bit better for you. But this also has a first preview of Static in a three page sneak peek. So two reasons to spec on this book, $20 average high sales for a book that was sold in a bag, notoriously difficult to secure in high grade. Nine eights are still affordable. Icon is a great superhero collectible. It's a great run to read. You should you should read it. Ryan should read it. Come on, Fire Guy. Ryan! You got to read your milestone. It's important. The whole comic fam, milestone is important. I don't know what else to say. You need to read your static. You need to read your Blood Syndicate. You need to read your icon. Get to it, damn it. I'm, I'm ashamed. It's just a low level of, a sh- of, of being a, sh- a little shame over there. I'm just shame, shame, shame a little bit. But I digress. It's okay. There's a lot of comic books you got to read, you know? I do read a lot. You haven't read The Crow yet. I still have your copy. Damn it, Ryan. That's why you get multiple copies of good trades that you like. Because people right. borrow them and never give them back because they love it so much. That's why I have it still. Spider-Gwen, number one. First uh, solo title goes for 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? Spider-Gwen? Surprising. It's like... I believe that's what I said out there in the living room. You were like... <laughs> what did you say? What was the exact words that you said? You said like... I thought I said surprising. I think you said like, that's ridiculous. Oh, okay. said, You said something yeah. like that. You're like, that's absurd. I'm like, I know, right? 20 bucks? It doesn't make sense. It's Spider-Gwen. Issue one? How many times, comic fam, do I need to go to the mic talking about solo titles of like very popular characters being affordable and then reminding you 20 times that, hey, this book is like a really good opportunity because like movies and stuff and success in comic books and amazing character designs and stellar narratives and multiple variants that make the issue one cover A more attractive by the day because there's like, Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh print. And then those books end up spiking as well. Dude, I've been doing this show for a long time. How long? A long time? Ten years? Almost four years now. That's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. 
We're not even in 4K. Blink of an eye. Jim Mintz got us beat on 4K. We're not even in 4K. That's fine. We're not in 4K? Yeah, we're not. Why are we even doing this? I don't know. We may have to restart the podcast. We'll I do it in black you and white. This is the premiere issue of the first Spider-Gwen title series. Take a look at the variant comics that accompany this book. 20 bucks. It's on the rise for good reason. If you can snag it, you should grab it. If you're specking on Miles Morales and you're not specking on Gwen, Spider-Gwen, shame on you. If you more believe shame. in more shame. Tom's just throwing shame, shame all shame, over the shame, place. Shame, shame, It's Spider-Gwen. After that little trailer dropped this last week. You know what? That's why the green arrow is next to this one. This one is going up. That's right, man. That's, That's what right. green means. I got more miles in Spider-Gwen to talk about, but we're going to save it to the end of the list because what number are we on? We're on 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. That was number 4. Now we're on number 3. We got counting. Two. Boom. Marvel Now point 1. Okay, this is a great book. Why? America Chavez. I think I had this. Dude, she's on the cover. Let's play Can You Find the Superhero Making Their First Cover Appearance on the Cover When Nick Fury Dominates It. Okay, so let's take a look at here. Is that her? Yeah. No, that's Nova, silly, silly. That's Spider-Man. What about this one over here? That's Captain America. That's this guy, This Captain America? That kind of mm-hmm. looks like a... Scarlet Witch, sorry. A Sc- Scarlet Witch, right? Scarlet Witch. Yeah, because the, the uh, antennas... No, no, that's Ant-Man, silly. Oh. All right, let's go down here. Okay, got Cable? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? Okay. All right, well, that's not her. That's not her. That's that's like Wiccan. Okay, what? Oh, there she is. Oh. There's this is Find yeah. America Chavez on the cover for the first time. It's a fun game. Comic fam, that's why you come here. We play these fun games. You learn fun about specs and key collector stuff. Okay, cool. So we have the first cover appearance. It doesn't matter if it's small. This is the first time she's on it. This right here is a $20 book. America Chavez is coming. Slated for Multiverse of Madness. I really believe in America Chavez. Like people don't even know. She's coming and it's going to land with a bang. She's so cool, dude. You're going to do the... Uh... The first lines from The Godfather. Uh, I should, yeah. I believe in America. I'm, oh, I should do that. That's right. good. That's smart, dude. Just, that's what I need. I need more of that. More like Godfather fun, references. I more got you. like fun references to do on my soundboard. All right, Marvel now point one. First cover appearance of America Chavez, seen on the cover of the comic book being tossed by Nick Fury Jr. Preview of Young Avengers number one. Yes. A preview of Young Avengers 1, America Chavez, and it's kind of like, you know, a fun cover because he's like being he's like throwing a comic book at you. Here, have some comics. I think it's cool. I like it. Okay, Miles Morales spec. We have uh, Miles Morales' sister in Spider-Man, Miles Morales Spider-Man issue number 13. This is a $20 book. First appearance of Billy Morales, sister of Miles Morales. We are all waiting for Miles to be confirmed for a live action adaptation. We're all freaking out about Into the Spider-Verse. Great. Yeah, it's going to be an epic second movie. Yes, the first one was fantastic. This is multiverse stuff happening alongside of multiverse stuff happening in the MCU. To think that these are going to cross over, that the glitch isn't going to just go full like Simpsons reality, like that one cartoon in there was like there was a Simpsons episode I think it was in the Halloween special where Simpsons like enter our reality and there's like a human Homer style and it doesn't matter it's there's something here Miles Morales is coming we all know Miles Morales is coming it's the modern blue chip key your brain is fascinating I need to like do studies on you after you die I'm gonna, like donate your brain to like a to university science. hospital and, there like, you go <laughs> see what's going on you're gonna <laughs> open it up and there's gonna be like an overstreet prize guide in there or something like and that real life Homer Simpson yeah, right. And, and Tony Shalhoub. I open it up and it's like I've been Korak the whole time. Oh, comic books. Okay, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 13. <laughs> the minute that we find out that Miles Morales is slated, this book is going to go up. It doesn't matter if it's going to take a year. It doesn't matter if Billy Morales is a baby in the movie. It doesn't matter if 
Billy Morales is even like has any potential. Like they, they don't even tease it. It doesn't matter her. Don't even tease her in any way. Family of the characters go up. There's not a whole lot of spec within the Miles Morales lineage. This right here is why this book is selling for 20 bucks. You should have it if you're specking on Miles. That's all I have to say about it. Also, take a look at the second print. Reminds me of Dylan Brock. Yes. Yes, Ryan. How that was just kind of a thing. Yes. And now Dylan Brock is like the co-lead of the Venom book. There we go. Connor, we have over 100 people here today. Do me a favor. I need you to slap the like button. Gently. We're here. We put the time in. We're going two hours. Hot damn, comic fam. That went fast. There's going to be some long clips. Terrific. Okay. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, 13-second print. First cover appearance of Billy Morales. They took the interior panel, put it right on the cover. Family moment on the cover. Specking on Miles, take a look at that. Last but not least, number one on our list of 10 today. We have Spider-Man, issue number 12. This right here is the first Miles and Gwen kiss in comic books. What is this homage to? Why does it say number one up there? It's the Marvel one. Like they they do like the restart, but it is number 12. Oh, that's so confusing. This yep. is an homage to uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man from 2000 and zero. Was it 2000, 2001? Whatever. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man movie. movie. Uh, if, if I have to tell you what this is an homage to, I guess, then you're in bad shape. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Watch you know, more movies. Comic fam, the moment that we see Mary Jane and Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, that, that kiss, that upside-down kiss, it's been memed. It's been redone in other movies. I'm, it's been redone as jokes. It's been redone in homage. In the OC? In the OC, it was homage. It happened in the OC, you guys. That's right. Ryan knows his stuff. This was done in comics because it was such a big deal. We would be fools to think that this moment that is homaged on the cover with Spider-Gwen also upside-down is not going to be a modern key book. Enough said. I'm just, I'm just getting lost in the romance. It's beautiful. It's also a book that goes for 20 bucks. It's not on the high end. Like, it's not on the up, upward trajectory right now. But this right here is undervalued. 20 bucks all day long. If you find a near-mint copy, pay 30 bucks for it and be happy. And again, this is on my mind because in that recent trailer for Enter the Spider-Verse 2... He was clearly infatuated with Gwen Stacy, making little creepy drawings of her. There's no <laughs> or sweet drawings. He's making little creepy drawings, right? Comic fan, there's, there's a second. Uh, there's also a variant that you need to know. Here we go. Issue number twelve. We have a variant cover. Negative space. Oh, they're holding hands. They're holding. I, I just hands. now realized that. Okay. Now here's the thing. They're holding hands. They're not kissing on the cover. I do like the cover a because they're actually kissing. That graded. That's gonna go on people's walls, yo. That's going to be in a frame. I got to get that in the studio. It's a moment. It's beautiful. Will your parents allow that much romance? No, they're very conservative and strict. Holding hands is okay. Religious. But no smooching. Don't even look. I'm just kidding. No, they're not actually any of those things. But Spider-Man number 12, 1 in 25, variant art by Richard Isinov. $150 for this variant, high average sale. Again, when the variants are 10x what the cover A's are going for, and there is some spec room on it. When it happens, that means that the spec is realer than you are. Than there, it's realer than expected. Expect it's been two hours, comic fam. Hot damn! Bags and Boards podcast number fifty. We appreciate you today. 
We're here for you. I'm never going to get these two hours of my life back. Hit the like. Stop the subscribe. Fire Guy Ride in the house. We appreciate your time today. We're here on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. If you prefer to listen to this audio version, a little bit over a week away after that, join the mystery mail. Call ComicTom101.com. We send you a package full of, full of love, different comic books, exclusives. Get your exclusive by Johnny Desjardins, Oswald's bot number one. Anyone? I know, it's gone, dude. He's lost his mind. I'm lost my mind. Lost After two hours, mind. I literally lose it. You shouldn't have told me two hours. The second you spoke those words, I just lost all all of my brain. All my brain juice. Is, is, is it just recounted all over the table? It's done for. We I gotta go do three hours of mail call right now, too. We appreciate your time, comic fam. As always. Keep responsible. Enough said. Oh, we did it. Hooray! That's podcast fifty, brother. Oh my gosh! I'm what so a hot. celebration! It we're, is very. We're hot still in here. live. Just so you know, we have to oh, wait good. for a second because YouTube doesn't. Like, we ended on Streamlabs. YouTube doesn't know, and then it cuts it short. And at some point, we have to end the video. But I gotta wait a little bit of tiempo. But I think the show is pretty decent. We should just bring like a bucket of ice in here, and hopefully, like the uh, being a bucket of ice in the room will release some cold fumes. I got some new. Slippers. I'm pretty excited about. You should have showed that on the live show. Well, you know what? Some people here who are going to stick around, they're going to see this. And at least 100 people are going to see it. But all the rest of the people, the thousands of others who are going to watch this in post, they will not. Because likely it will end before I get to that point. This is the content they're missing out on. (sighs) This is the real show. This is what we do, man. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. If you licked my sweat, would you be able to see inside my brain? I don't want to. I mean, is that what happens? Is that what happens? Is Moon Knight... That's what comic books told me. That's what Moon Knight said. Mom, that's what Moon Knight said!